Gotta turn this shit off. Yeah, turn that turn shit that off. Turn that shit off. Turn that shit on. Turn that shit. Fred Durst be like. Yeah! <laughs> turn that shit! Mr. John Otto, turn that shit! <laughs> this is too much of a Limp Bizkit podcast, I think. Yeah, I, never I was thought about I would to say, say it, but we might do the Limp <laughs> Bizkit We might need to tone much. back the uh, the Limp Bizkit a little bit. Do we or, do yeah. Limp Bizkit a lot? This is two weeks in a row. Me and Noah Bizkit, do. I think. Like, it feels like every I, episode we're just doing a Limp Bizkit. I do every once in a while. If there is an opportunity to quote uh, break stuff, I will. Oh, absolutely. I have never picked up on any of these references. That's so Anytime perfect. I go, yeah. That's a that's been a limp biscuit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Enticing even. Those are the words often used to describe the voice of Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> Fred Durst. So true. Interesting. So true. Enticing. Divisive. What else? Can Durst. We... All lowercase. It's a new Durst. scent. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, speaking of new scents, guess what I watched recently? <laughs> what was You're that? You're never gonna guess. The last it's another Resident Evil movie. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk about. But that. I don't know if I can talk about that because I don't know who made it, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> oh right, true, true, true. Yeah. Uh, but I watched Resident Evil Retribution, the next to last one. It's All bad. Right. It's bad. God. <laughs> All of them have been bad. Why are you doing this to yourself? Because uh, I bought the box set, the <laughs> and last... it's in English and Spanish. You bought the, the one box before. <laughs> yeah. So the one before this one had a plot that we were able to follow, which okay. is the bare bones of a of a watchable movie. But actually, I had no. It. no, no, no. Let me say something that I forgot to mention about the last one. Mm-hmm. Y'all ever watch Prison Break? No. no. Well, someone in the audience has watched Prison Break, all right? And that's the important thing. And you know... Um, My money's on um, Sean. Buzzcut McGee, the main character of Prison Break, covered in his Prison Break tattoos. You guys don't... Just just smile and thumbs up for me. Smiling and thumbs up. Thank you, everyone. Everyone is smiling and thumbs upping. Um, because everyone up. knows who I'm talking about. I didn't thumbs about. up either. He's lying. Oh. <laughs> Jeff didn't even smile, if we're being honest. <laughs> That's the best you're going to get out of me. The only thing I know about so, Prison Break is that I don't respect any of the people I knew who watched it. Valid. Including my husband. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Jeff is correct, because the person we worked with who thought it was the smartest show ever is one of the dumber people I know. The guy who went to college to be a cop and then didn't? Just to make sure we're yeah. thinking of the same guy? Okay, yeah. I didn't know he did that, but yeah, that adds up. You didn't know he did that? He has a criminal justice degree. (laughs) (laughs) Doing that to be a cop, jackass. Anyway, um, so Resident Evil Afterlife has the main character from Prison Break. And he is locked up in a cage. And he has an idea on how to escape the place that is surrounded by zombies. He has a plan, shall we say, to get out. Much exactly like his character in Prison Break. (laughs) Okay. Also, his character in Resident Evil, Chris Renfield. Redfield. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Renfield is... is... Renfield's the Dracula one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so he he is a huge character in this movie. Spoilers coming up, by the way, for those of you that care about Resident Evil. All right? He's a big character in the Resident Evil franchise. Mm. And his sister is also in Afterlife, right? Okay. Okay. Tell me why both of them get killed off screen before this <laughs> next movie. When wow. Retribution, like, happens, it's just casually sprinkled in that he's dead. 
I wonder if it was like he's a dead now. contract dispute or they wouldn't pay enough. I wonder. Or, or if they just... Something, it, right? Well, they also... Honestly, they couldn't afford him because they brought What's-Her-Face back. Uh, Jill Valentine. Yeah, between... No, oh, I'm just kidding. Who the fuck uh, is that? Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. Love Michelle Rodriguez. They brought her back. Yeah. She hasn't been well, around since the first it. one. Oh, there's a whole... Okay, Almost. so I will say one thing for Resident Evil Retribution. There is a fight scene at the end, and Michelle Rodriguez is really hot. What? <laughs> no. Um, no way. That never okay, happened. That happened. There's two parallel fight scenes. One with the director's smoking hot wife TM, of course. and a another girl. another like very feminine femme fatale like that. So you have t- like the typical like um, of the time latex like cat suit. Oh, of woman fight. And on they're one fighting hand. doing doing the woman fight, and it it sucks. It's boring. It's not hot. There is a very obvious solution of just ripping out the mind control gem, and she just does not do it. Also, there's God, mind nobody control ever gems. just rips out the mind control gem. Why don't she literally do does that? it at the last second, but she could have done it at any point during the fight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but meanwhile, Michelle Rodriguez just injected the "I'm a big tough Russian super soldier" zombie serum, and she just literally eats bullets. And and bodies like two men in a yeah, fight. Yeah, bodies two yeah. men consistently to the point where she she has to once the director smoking hot wife is finished taking out her enemy, she has to then like the two men are already dead, so she's not even saving them. She has to turn her attention to Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, who she has, has to MacGuffin her, her way through it, and they don't even kill her because she's unkillable. Yeah. Yeah. They have to they trap her, her under the ice and let her get eaten by zombies oh God, under the, the ice. With the Metallica song. Exactly. Yeah. Holy shit. Trapped under ice by zombies. Wow. <laughs> anyway, she's really hot in this one. Not as hot Not as she surprised. is in the Dungeons and Dragons movie because I think the dun- I think just her personality in the Dungeons and Dragons movie like is is also something, but she's hot in this one. Oh, I forgot if I actually said this on podcast. Emma, two thumbs up for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That was oh, a stupid good time. Yeah, that's a great it. time. You were very right. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Um, um yeah, that's a ghoul. Yeah, that's nice. that's the that's a ghoul. The Resi have ghoul. One. Have a I have a ghoul. Oh, I've got four Go ghouls. It. That's a lot of ghouls. It's got a lot of ghoul. ghouls. Let me let me oh, get yeah, my ghoul out of the way. Do it. So as the audience knows, for our ghouls, we always try to keep it to horror movies you know normally i don't respect that at all but (laughs) yes i also do that (laughs) but i'm respecting it this time um through very nebulous means and loose connections so i have been playing fortnite a lot recently oh my god sure sure not only is it um, not a horror movie, it's not a movie at all. Now, hold on here. Now, hold on a second. Okay. So, Jeff, you bet you didn't know it was season 13. Oh, I don't fuck. Know, additional I fact. don't know what season it is, but a new season did just start, and it is relevant to the story. Thank you very much. So. All right. Um, Fortnite um, has a zero build kind of game mode now, where you're not mm-hmm. doing the whole building bullshit. Um and it's a lot of fun. It's a great time. And recently, like a couple days ago, they dropped their new season. And with the new season comes map changes, um, where they change different portions of the map and add like new areas to it. Right. Um, 
So this map change is themed around rich vampires, which, as we all know, is horror. That's so true. It's that's true. As I've been playing this very scary game, um, mm -hmm. on the side I've been watching One Piece, which is a show. Terrifying. So when you combine them, it's like I'm watching a horror show. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> the math checks out. Yeah. The math does indeed check out. So big update. Um, this has been going on for a long time of me trying to watch One Piece. I. Way back in the day, before I even transitioned, so this is like 2015, 2016 probably, um, I had a friend, or I still have a friend, who is very into One Piece, loves One Piece, was constantly trying to get me to watch it, and I was like, absolutely not, um, for the normal reasons of it being way too long. Um, Naturally. And I had a number of shows that I wanted him to watch, and he would be like, yeah, okay, I'll watch them. And then never would. And so I made a deal with him. I was like, for every show that I recommend that you watch, I will read 50 chapters of One Piece. Um, uh -huh. And he was like, that's okay. A, that's a commitment. Yeah. 50 chapters isn't too bad. Like, yeah, I in, could get in manga, through that. Like, you could get through that easily. Yeah. Yeah, I could get through that in a day of binge reading. So, or like two or three days not binge reading. Sure. But... So I made this deal with him, and he was like, absolutely. He comes back to me a week later, and he's like, okay, I've finished eight of the shows. You owe me Whoa. 400 chapters of Holy One Piece. Holy shit. And I'm Treat like... that shit like a full-time job. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, for real. I was like, um, I was expecting you to, like, update me as you finished each show, and then, like, maybe spacing them out, like, yeah, a like week. Yeah, like a regular person. Yeah. Oh yeah, or um, just... At least let you know every time something was finished so that you could catch up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, this turned into, like, a huge task rather than smaller bite-sized tasks that I was expecting. And ever since then, like, I started reading the manga and got to... None of you will understand this, but the, someone in the audience might. I got to the Skypea arc, which is very long and largely boring and bad. And I've hated it. I have been stuck on the Skypea arc of One Piece for seven years. I've tried switching to the anime to watch it and given up. I've tried switching back to the manga and reading through it. And I've done this swip swap for seven years trying to get through this arc and just constantly giving up because I hate it so much. But I made a new friend. Um, a couple months ago, who is also a big One Piece fan, and I play Valorant with him. And so I made a deal with him where I was like, hey, I've been stuck on the Skypea arc of One Piece for a really long time. Um, while we're playing this, if you get an ace, which is killing all of the uh, enemy team in a round um, by yourself, I was like, if you get an ace, then I will watch 10 episodes of One Piece. And so he got an ace one of the times we played. And so I watched 10 episodes and then I was getting close to the end or I thought close to the end of the Skypea arc. Um, spoiler alert, I was not close. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that caused it to be like fresh in my mind again. And so while I was playing Fortnite, I was like, I'll 
have One Piece on on the side so I can finally get through this fucking arc. And I did it. I finally got through the Skypea arc of One Piece. Holy shit. Um, and now I'm in... Now I'm like 25 episodes past that point, And I'm enjoying the show more. I don't want to say a lot more. I don't want to say like I'm a huge One Piece fan or anything right now. Oh, sure. But it's it's good kind of background content while I'm playing Fortnite. Um, Additional reference to the number 13. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there here we are go. 1,071 episodes of One Piece, and Fortnite is currently on Chapter 4. Uh-huh. Uh, which 4 plus 1 plus 7 plus 1 is... 13. That is an wow. incredible additional <laughs> reference, the number 13. Thank you, thank that you, was, thank you. I, I watched him do that, look that up. <laughs> that was harrowing. It was like a scene in a fucking detective thriller. He's like scanning. <laughs> scanning through the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, that's the only thing I've been watching lately. Besides Neat. our movie for this week. Of course. Well, so Jeff, I, on the other hand, has apparently been watching like five somethings. Uh, four. Oh, and well, I mean, including <laughs> including the movie for the podcast. That's five. Yeah. Um, oh. So four movies in two different matched pairs, actually. Uh, the most recent pair being, uh, well, in the movie that we're covering this week, uh, there there is one Hugh Jackman. But I watched a couple of movies that instead featured a huge jacked man named Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was the first two Whoa. Terminator movies. Hey, Whoa. I fucking love those. They're, oh my God, it's so fun. Um, Becca had never seen any of them before and was getting tired of me saying that we needed to watch them sometime. So we went and watched the first one the other night and I told her that she would probably like the second one better because like... It's it's a lot more the kind of thing that she would be into. Also, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Sarah Connor being the biggest badass in the movie is a huge, huge selling point. That's it's true. also largely considered to just be better than the first one. Yeah, and that's because largely it is. It's, like, it's the Spider-Man <laughs> 2 of Terminator. It, that's, ex that's exactly what it is, honestly. It's... <laughs> Tell you what, I I love those movies. They are just real fucking fun. It's reminding me how much I love a dumb Schwarzenegger movie, so that might become a new thing for me again. Uh, it's wild how much less wide he is in the second one. He's still huge, but he's so noticeably smaller. <laughs> right? Like, he's a massive man. That's the thing. Yeah, but he's if you a look wall, at him in the first the one, man is a wall he's of a meat in the first wall. one. Yeah, like he yeah. was like fresh off of his like world champion bodybuilder career at that point. And he just mm -hmm. hadn't trimmed down at all yet. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Okay, but the other two, the theme was their Guillermo del Toro movies. <gasps> oh yeah. Nina I, I remember the it. chat. <laughs> 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 um also, just in the spirit of showing Becca things, watched Hellboy the other night. Fun as hell. Nice. Dumb. But like, you know, it's Love just, it. it's just got a bunch of fun way. Wolfenstein shit going on in it. How do you say no to that? And Ron Perlman. It's got a clockwork man. It's got a clockwork man. It's got that guy with the, uh, the Rasputin guy with the power glove that has all those tubes on mm -hmm. it. So you know he's got great mm -hmm. tone coming off of that thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a, a fun <laughs> watch, though. But the reason that we watched that is because I had just watched The Shape of Water. 
Oh my god, I fucking love The Shape of Water. I don't know what I was expecting, because I had been informed that it's, like, a lot more than what I was led to believe it was, because, of course, it's more than just the fish sex movie, right? It's the fish romance movie. It's completely... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I really, really liked it, though. It's so good. I love the way that it approaches all the stuff that it does. I'm probably going to end up watching it again soon, just to, like, show somebody it, because it's like, it's, like, that kind of movie, I think. I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I still haven't I... watched Shape of Water, and I really oh. need to. Yeah. You definitely do. It's, it's so it's good. It's real, real good. I watched it the first time in theaters on a bad date because I it sucked. He sucked, and I was going to get something good out of it, so I made him pay to take me to a movie. Yep. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that he made a, a, trigger, a trigger joke uh, on the first date. Um... <sighs> Then after I saw it the first time, I was like, this movie has Russians in it. You know who loves Russians? My roommate, who is a Russian major. So I <laughs> I was like, Carson, you're going to love this. So I made her watch it. And she watches it. And she makes fun of some of the actors' accents. But she loved it, too. And then Noah and I watched it several times on my own. And then Noah hadn't seen it. And so I made Noah watch it. But yes, it is absolutely a movie where you're like... Everyone I know needs to see this, and right, I need to yeah. be there while watching it. <laughs> I think this is another one of those movies where I've owned the Blu-ray basically almost. I guess I bought it when it came out. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> Maybe you bought I it when really... it won Best Picture because I like, yeah yeah. So like, I didn't know that when I got it. I was just like, oh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I bought it. I didn't watch it for like two years, and then I watched it with Nina. <laughs> I love the amount of times that you own something on Blu-ray for like 10 years at a time and just don't know why you have it because you've never watched it. I, used I think I have that. Fight Club in Steelbook because it was on sale at Walmart when I was buying groceries one day. Oh, yeah. We should watch that sometime because I've been meaning to watch it for a long time and oh, just it's really don't want to commit to it. Uh, wait, wait. Um, it really says a lot about society. Okay. Oh, uh, so we have one. Society. We have one more ghoul to gab. We do. Uh, over here. We watched VHS 94. Yeah? I, let me tell you, I I loved it. It's got me to the point where because of 99 and 94, since the next one's another um, like year focused one and yeah. it's in the 80s, I am so stoked. Right? I have completely turned around on this series. Um, do I have to watch no. the other ones? No, no, literally just watch 99. You do not need to watch the first 98. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but you can watch 94 and 99 with no knowledge yeah. of the other ones. Uh, it's 99 has some weird shit in it. 94 is the best one. Yes. Yeah. Mm, like that's, that's pretty shoulders. much how I feel about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 94 has one segment that I liked so much, like one element of it so much, it spurred me into writing something that didn't exist a week ago, and I'm now halfway through. Oh, that's what did that. You're halfway which, through that yes. now? Jesus yeah, Christ. I'm Wait, uh, which, yeah. which segment did that? It was the... Um, Doomsday Cult. Yeah, the Dooms... The, not Detroit? Doomsday Cult, the, the domestic terrorist cult. Oh, yeah, the, the terror cell in Detroit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, God, I... I that segment that was so good they're, they're, the dudes are just so dumb oh my god they're so dumb <laughs> so i love 94 so much so there good. is one so thing that takes me out of it oh. only one thing and it is 
the only thing keeping it from being like a 10 out of 10 for me, and instead it is a 99 out of 100 for me, you know? Oh, sure. Is there is one short that is in crisp HD widescreen. Oh, so mine is actually not the crisp HD widescreen one. It's the costuming in one of the ones that has like, the, the shooting is great. One of the characters is wearing clothing that is so period inaccurate. It took me out of the, um, the main character of the funeral home one. Yeah. She's, she's wearing like a really short skirt. It and seems out like of place. period inaccurate shoes. And it, it really took me out of it. But everyone else is costume the segment great itself the is camera. fine it's just the costume oh yeah no the segment is mm -hmm. fine it's literally and it everyone else's suits are like very period oh. accurate i yeah oh yeah that big wide but yeah shit. um good vhs good vhs jaw-dropping return from them i don't <laughs> yeah. know why they didn't just do this the first time <laughs> i think they didn't know what they wanted to do because they were watch... stupid as shit. yeah you can watch the second one and you're like oh this is so much better i don't know why they wouldn't go for something like this on the first one because <laughs> it's the second yeah. one even is head and shoulders above the first but 94 and 99 I... are so much better than the second yeah, then they one. trip right. and fall on their face for the third viral one. isn't third even one like disgust not... viral isn't even disgusting or anything like the first one no, was it's, it's, it's just, just not, not great it's just not like good it feel it like they scramble a little bit but 94 and 99 are good enough that i'm actively excited for the next one but yeah Hell so yeah. that's that's what we watched that's the ghouls nice those are some good ghouls good ghouls this week everyone Good ghouls, good ghouls. Good ghouls. Good ghouls. Do you guys need me to say it? Yeah, please. Uh, some good ghouls. Yeah. Well, let's do it. All right. Uh, <laughs> come on, Nina, do the thing. No. <laughs> The whole podcast is always just us trying to pressure Nina into doing things. <laughs> Come on, Nina. All the cool kids are doing it. We do. We say doing something stupid as shit. We're watching no the three-hour torture cut of prisoners. Come on. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Casual Obsession, the horror movie podcast where we watch horror movies. That's asterisk. not the line. <laughs> um... <laughs> Hi, how's it going? I'm Emma. With me today are Noah. Hello. Nina. Hi. Jeffy Weffy. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> and today we watched Prisoners, released in 2013. Not Additional Noah. <laughs> Additional reference to the number 13. This was released so in 2013. Um, not technically a horror movie, but... We're watching it because it's the movie that kind of started getting me more interested in horror movies. Um, it was my slippery, slippery slope, you could say. Um, Prisoners, yeah. for those of you that aren't aware, is a movie where these two families who are close friends and neighbors are hanging out and their daughters are playing together. Um, their daughters go outside unsupervised and get kidnapped. And then the movie is about... The investigation trying to find who did it and um, find where the daughters are slash if they're alive slash what happened. And also the families just kind of going through this crisis of losing their children and really kind of struggling with that in their own ways. It is a very intense movie, um, but I think it's really good. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out what everybody else thought soon. 
Speaking of what everybody else thought, Noah, can you tell us about the critical reception for this movie? My oh my, can I tell you some critical reception on this movie? Nice. Spoiler alert, we got an Ebert, not by Ebert, but it's, it's not a real Ebert. It still counts. A Feebert, if you will. Fake Ebert. Okay. Uh, anyway, though, IMDb, we got an 8.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, we got an 81%, which mm. I'll have you know. I'll have you know. There's a lot of finger wagging is going on right only now. only 1% higher than 1408. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Dude, I even still liked mad at me for not liking I'm embarrassed by you. <laughs> no, I just think it's, I personally love when we manage to have movies that are back-to-back similar ratings in any way. That is pretty um, because Especially when they're none totally of the rest, so different. Oh, yeah. But none of the rest of the ratings are similar. I mean, this beats it out by two full points on IMDb, so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, Metacritic, 70%, Letterboxd, 4.3 out of 5, which is also a lot higher than uh, the other one. But I got an Ebert here. And if you want to read the whole review, because I, I I flipped through the entire thing, and it's actually a pretty good review. It's a pretty good uh, rundown of the whole thing. I pulled um, a paragraph and a half out of it right. that I chopped up to just, like, hit the big points. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to share that with you all yeah, today. I'm excited. Let's go. <clears throat> 2.5 out of 4. Very favorable. Um, Hugh Jackman huffs and puffs and screams and roars throughout the film, and it becomes monotonous. But what all that behavior tells us is that this is a weak man who needs to feel powerful. In one telling moment, while murmuring the Our Father, he is unable to say, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Scathing review of Hugh Jackman. Dang. <laughs> of Keller, but sure. That, Whatever, Hugh. same guy. Gyllenhaal, is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yes. Gyllenhaal is great here in a role that must have looked rather uninteresting on the page. It looked uninteresting on the screen, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kuzikowski's hey, script, so packed with religious symbols that verges on a sermon, is excellent in its spare and compelling portrait of Loki. Dot, 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 because there's a three or four more sentences in between these two things here. Okay. Um, we meet a lot of creeps in prisoners and you get the sense that detective Loki could have been one of them if he hadn't become a cop. It's a nice performance from Hall, and it's subtly welcome considering all the teeth gnashing going on in the other performances. I definitely see that considering the, the choice of the, and it's gotta be, uh, Hall's decision because I, um, remember reading that a lot of the character appearance stuff, like the, like Freemason yeah, the ring tattoos and, and the Mason ring yeah. and the tattoos and like some of the stuff that points points to Loki being a little bit concerning as a person were all his choices. So this, like, I read throughout the entire movie, yeah, this guy could have been a problem himself and might even be a suspect to you, the viewer, um, if he hadn't been a cop. I have a little bit of a different read on him, but we will get to that later. Excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm excited, too. Oh, nice. Incredible. How do you say Dennis's last name? Is it Villeneuve? I think it's Villeneuve. I had to look this up. So it's Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Denis, not Dennis? Yeah. Damn. Oh my God. Denis Villeneuve. Okay. This is only so director second Villeneuve, movie in English. Fun fact. Very cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, gives us a couple of truly suspenseful scenes. One is a chase through the nighttime backyards of the neighborhood after candlelight vigil for the two girls. Mm. The interiors of the houses seem gloomy and cramped uh, with walls cutting into the frame and characters coming in and out of sight. A visual correlation for the idea of people cut off from one another. But as the plot goes into high gear and we get other suspects, basement layers, and glimpses of vast conspiracies, Prisoners wears out its welcome. 
Two point five out of four. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Interesting. 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 Now that sounds like it's a pretty solid review, but I do think it's a little unfair in a couple of regards. But in well, fairness, you know there's did seven other paragraphs that I did not. <laughs> sure, <agree>. sure. <laughs> Especially on the on the Jill and Hall stuff. That's okay. actually like a very large section where uh, he's a there's large a section of the movie. To it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I now, have so much to say about Loki. I've got a lot there. to say about him when we get to it. <laughs> at, Actually, uh, I well, think we'll at one there. point I noticed his mason ring and I was just like, damn, the flags just get redder. And then I deleted <laughs> that note because I'm like, I don't want to needlessly antagonize the all the masons that are listening to our podcast. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have checked our analytics and Freemasons are a pretty significant portion of our audience. We don't want to go alien. We love them. National Treasure. I, I legitimately I do movie. love National Treasure. <laughs> it is one Piper's of my favorite dad movies. Was a Freemason, apparently. We, I didn't what? even know they had those in yeah. Canada. What? Oh, I forgot. Okay. Sorry, my bad. I actually remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Piper. We can just cut that part. Yeah, we can cut that. Um, now, I'm not saying that I know better than Ebert writer Sheila O'Malley, right? I'm not saying I'm smarter than her. Sure. But I think I'm a little bit smarter. I don't rate this movie 2.5 out of 4. Well, no, we rate out of 10. Because we use show. a different scale. <laughs> yeah. Well, firstly, who the fuck rates out of four? Roger Ebert. Fuck you, Siskel and it's Ebert. so weird. You're both yeah. annoying. It's a little bit weird. It's, how am I supposed to convert that into base five and 10? Get out of here. I think you're not supposed you're not. to. I think that's the point. <laughs> I think that might, yeah, I was going to say, I think the yeah, point. The, the point is that it makes me think about it too much and I don't like well, it. The, the, more that I, the more that I consider it, it makes more sense to me because I feel like when the numbers are bigger and they get more specific, you start attaching too much importance to the specific point on the spectrum that you place a movie, right? Whereas yeah. out of four, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's like there. And you feel really yeah. comfortable just kind of throwing it someplace. Yeah, but see, I look at a 2.5 out of 4, and I'm like, ooh, that's pretty good. But if you convert it into percentages, it's like a 63%. Which isn't super good, but it's not a negative review yet. It's not. It is still a thumbs up review. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I have to clarify my rating. And I don't think I've ever done this on the podcast, but when I'm talking to people in real life, like I had... Um, a friend and past coworker M um, at my last job where me, her and a few other coworkers would often like go to the movies together. And she gave me a hard time a lot for being like way too forgiving in my number ratings of mm. movies. And I've, I've thought about it a lot and I think I've realized like largely I don't, I never rate below like one to five unless I desperately hate the movie. Hmm. And those are like varying degrees of how much I hate the movie. Six is like, I didn't like the movie. It was maybe like boring or old or something, but I can understand like other people liking it maybe. Um, Or it had like some quality about it where I was like, okay, um, Seven is I had fun. Um, it was fine. Eight is I liked it. Nine is I really liked it. And 10 is like, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible movie. But yeah, largely I don't use like half of the numbers and don't really consider them in my ratings at all. Mm-hmm. So 10 is perhaps too many numbers. It's so you had to clarify your rating pretty heavily. Now I'm wondering what your rating is. <laughs> no, I was just talking about my rating system for, oh, because you brought <laughs> okay. up kind right. of like the different 
scales and stuff. Okay. Well, then, all that being said, I'm <laughs> dropping a 9 out of 10 on this movie. Mm. I had a very good time. It feels weird, right, to talk about a movie it's not like that's, fun, like, objectively... Fun, right? But... <laughs> uh, right, but then still, I will sit here and say I have a blast and a half every time I watch a Saw movie, no matter how bad it is. The first time is always fun. Mm-hmm. And then I watch Spiral a second time, and I'm like, that was fucking dog shit. <laughs> right, you know, right, like... Right. I'm so glad that... that... And it wasn't nine star Noah, but I'm so glad that you're, you're like that brain seven star kicked Noah in. kicked it all the way down to, uh, I think, uh, five or four. Stars. Yeah. The more I think about spiral, the shittier it is. Yeah. On a rewatch, <laughs> it gets worse and worse. <laughs> but like I said, it feels weird to rate a movie that has a lot of grisly stuff in it and say, I had fun watching it. Cause I wasn't like sitting there laughing with a beer going, Oh, Hugh Jackman, you're such a doll. Or, you know, like, but I had a very good time. Is that how you usually movie. are when you see Hugh Jackman in a movie? I assume. Yes, we watched okay. all the X Men movies recently, and Noah and I were both like that. Okay. We, That's correct. Growing up, I had a, a very homophobic friend that said everyone's allowed to have a man crush on Hugh Jackman because he's the perfect man. He is. And. But that's still homophobic. Well, you don't have to caveat him. He's wong. Oh, he's fully um, just wrong. He's yeah, stupid. He's a piece of shit. But I know as time has gone I on, I have decided that Hugh Jackman is not my ideal man anymore. I just want to say that. Okay, that's wow. fair. I'm very bold it's in saying It's Ryan wow. Reynolds, right? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I know who it is. It's, it's Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, Jeff is much more correct. Barbosa is a passing fancy. Okay. <laughs> How dare you talk very, about Barbosa like that? Okay, this is a very important detour, though. Um, my favorite Barbosa line, all right, from all the movies he's in, is in the third movie where they're trying to release Calypso from the curse, and he's like, mm-hmm. You must say the words as you would to a lover. <laughs> So <laughs> I release you from your human bonds. And it's like, who are you talking to, Barbie? Because I know it's not a human being. <laughs> listen, listen, leave him alone. Noah and I have decided Barbosa 100% fucks, but he has never been in love. <laughs> the that only thing sense. he loves is apples. He does. That guy and loves the sea. apples. And he loves and the, the sea. sea. And the Black Pearl to a fault. That's too much at this point. It's apples in the sea. <laughs> he, he anyway, back to he the... loves the Black Pearl because it puts him on the sea. So true. <laughs> back to this movie, though. I'd love to hear what y'all have to say about this movie because okay. I really like this movie. I want to. Yeah, we, we got get three that more uh, numbers to go to go putting out here. Okay, so I really enjoyed this movie. The Tumblr tag is nigh unscrollable because of all of the self-insert fanfics with Detective Loki. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Genuinely, it's terrible. This is going to get um, even funnier when I talk I mean, about him later. <laughs> Nina, didn't you see every time he moved his head and his stupid hair fell perfectly in his face in a little emo <laughs> His hair style? does fall now, in his face it in was a impressive. particular way um, every time. I don't pretty great i do not get it uh something that this is important for my um for my rating actually because having a, a like a blorbo like a character i can latch on to 100 takes a character uh, a movie up a full point 100%. right mm-hmm. this movie has one but it's alex yeah of course I, it's alex who else would it be 
God. Why is this pathetic little dude? Detective Loki. <laughs> um, anyway, Loki is an incel Loki. I can um, see that, yeah. But anyway. He's a vol cell because he's so committed to the job. Yeah, he's married to his job. Did you see him shit a brick when he thought he <laughs> failed one assignment? Uh, he got Granted, a... the one assignment involved say two he... missing children. And, like, a, and a, like, <laughs> there's a lot that happened during that assignment. Anyway, True. this movie's a, um, like a, a seven out of ten, I'd say. I, I really liked it. Um, I think watching so many horror movies recently uh, set me up for failure. Um, but I will say this was one where a lot of the decisions that they made to take things as far as they did made me really happy because I feel like, um, and there were points where I felt like maybe they could have gone a little further or been a little more clear in what they were trying to do. But overall, um, I really enjoyed a lot of, a lot of scenes and a lot of conversations that were happening in this movie. So seven. Nice. Uh, Jeff, I, would you like to go? I am also going to be giving it a nine because I fucking loved this movie. It's real, real good at everything that it's doing, you know? Uh, I think what Noah has already compared it to the, like, 90s Morgan Freeman, like, detective mystery kind of thriller movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's exactly what this one's going for. And it's kind of being one of the best ones, I think. Mm-hmm. On top of that, it's got uh, this uh, really nice Johan Johansson soundtrack that I really, really like. Uh, a lot of really good performances from a lot of really good actors. A lot of people in this movie that I just love seeing in things. Like, there's not very much not to like. I mm-hmm. I really like the villain. I, uh, I'm entertained enough by the cop in his particular way. Like, the mystery is unfolded in a... a a really, uh, really good, really effective manner. Like, I don't think it does anything wrong, honestly. Just good shit. Nice. I am so glad um, that you all had fun with it and that you enjoyed it as much as you did. Because um, me, on my rewatch, I was like, this is really intense. It's a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, the pacing's pretty slow. <laughs> and... Like, a lot of these characters are not likable. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, hurts... what if they hate this movie and they're like, Emma, why Nothing did you suggest this movie? Nothing hurts an experience <laughs> like watching it knowing that someone else is going to be watching it soon. Oh, so For the true, express yeah. purposes it's judging so it. It's so stressful. It's so stressful. Emma, it... You could never have known this, but my favorite movies for like a solid two years were these two shit ass Morgan Freeman detective movies, Along Came a Spider and Kiss the Girls, which are like the bad versions of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Along Came the... I literally was watching it the whole time. Like, this is just what I wanted Along Came the Spider to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay. Amazing. Perfect. Um, Love a detective thriller. Yes. Yeah. Love shit. a detective thriller. A gritty this detective was... thriller. I... And Columbo. Yeah, I really love this movie. Um, I saw it back when I was in college. And I saw, like, the trailers and everything. And I was like, this looks really interesting and good. And I want to see this. And I dragged a group of friends to go see it with me. And afterwards, all of them were like, that was terrifying and unnerving. And one of them in particular was like really shook by it. And we talked about the movie a lot. And I was like, I was enthralled by it and really enjoyed it. And like, it really stuck with me. And that was kind of like my first clue in of like, maybe like creepier stuff 
and then more intense stuff is cool, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so very good. I probably land around a nine out of ten as well. Um, is is great. Is good. Get I like fucked, it. Nina. I'm we sorry. Yeah, you and your oh. No, you're okay. Nina's out here Man, like Sheila really, O'Malley is right. Actually, we really do have a theme going this episode. <laughs> Come on, Nina, say the line. Say the line, <laughs> Nina. Um, one thing I will say is that uh, while I was watching it the whole time, I was like, I can totally see how this would be the movie that would make someone be like, I think I can, I think I can take this. I think I can go a little farther with my comfort zone mm-hmm. yeah. than I thought one, previous to watching this. Yeah. One thing I would like to talk about is how, cause there is like a category of very intense kind of like detective thriller movies right. that aren't really horror um they're categorized as thriller but then you have like silence of the lambs which is considered horror god that's a like divisive where... one, oh actually. it is right is it actually oh, well so the, oh, the story with fight about silence it. of the lambs it is... is that it didn't get released billed as a horror movie because they wanted it to be eligible to win awards so it gets oh, marketed as yeah. a thriller and not a horror movie but like the fact is that, yeah, the, the, that like everyone in every artistic genre needs to accept, right? Is that like genres overlap. It happens. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. can be horror thrillers. That's just the way that a lot of movies are. I dare say that's what this one is. I don't see any reason that this shouldn't be classed as a horror movie, personally. So with with Silence of the Lambs, and I really love Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. I think it's if Hannibal movie. if Hannibal didn't exist, it wouldn't it would be just a straight thriller. Mm-hmm. But because he does and he is who he is, it it definitely is in the horror camp as well as having like it's being like a very straightforward thriller in a lot of um areas as well. With this movie, um We don't I, have a Hannibal. There's no I just Hannibal. I don't think I don't think it quite crosses the line at any point for me. I don't think it even like gets super close to the line. Um, I think it's a gory thriller. Oh yeah, but in the same way that like war movies aren't horror movies, I guess. Right, in that regard. exactly. But I like it. Things I, can... This is like a very what is it rated R or PG thirteen? It's got to be R, right? This is yeah, it's R. R. Yeah. Oh duh, because it was NC seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Originally, right. yeah. this is this is probably the hardest thriller I think I've seen yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, as far as like close to the line, you know, I don't. Here's my thing. I don't think any of the gore or torture is like meant to scare. No, I think it's meant to make you question the character's morals, intentions. And which is to me what a thriller is supposed to do. It's supposed to like you're supposed to care about the character's thought process in a lot of thrillers. Like that's a big focus on um, character development and growth and their thought process and why they're doing the things they're doing. And I think that all of the torture and gore and disturbing elements in this movie are specifically related to why the characters are doing what they're doing. And if they've gone too far, it's all about questioning morals, um, versus in a horror movie where a lot of the time it's directly intended to disturb, um, or scare. So that that's obviously like on the thought on the spot I'm thinking of it and it's pretty like not super strong, but I feel like I could I could defend that if pressed. I see that and I feel like that's a well thought out position. But let me tell you that you're wrong because <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I I'm not I'm not gonna try and argue, but like I, I do kind of feel like 
there's not so much difference between one particular flavor of media that's focused on eliciting a, like a negative, like a discomfort kind of response and one that's going for like a slightly different discomfort response, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's only like so much difference between it. And I feel like I tend to think that a lot of thrillers, a lot of like, you know, darker psychological thrillers as they get sorted is like, you know, they're they're kind of just horror movies for people who don't want to say that they like horror movies in a way, you know? Mm. Yeah. And I think like from my standpoint and I was doing this for a while and I kind of stopped. But when we were when I was doing the scary rating for some movies, mm. I would be like, largely it's like a one or a two, but if you have like this specific fear, it's right. This. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of horror is about targeting various fears. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, I feel like if you had a fear of like losing your children or something like this, that would this would fuck you up. Um, and I'm oh, like, yeah, this I is gonna like hit a parent way harder than it hit me. Yeah, I feel like that is a very valid kind of genre of fear that oh totally like horror movies hit and in the same way i'm like if i was a parent and i was watching this it would definitely freak me out and like affect me a lot more um and i was like so how is that not horror yeah but that is a big conversation and a big mm-hmm. question Absolutely. Large yeah. that we obviously can't tackle no not today yeah no i don't think it's a question that can be tackled I think Mm -hmm. it's something that obviously has been in discussion in the horror genre forever about all things. I was talking to Noah. I've been um, right now. There's a there's a really great scene in Talk to Me that has some great scoring um, and Mm -hmm. a great song in the background. And it's finally like picking up traction on TikTok and stuff. I know Um, exactly which one you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I love this that movie a lot and it's 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 only grown on me since I've seen it but it's mm-hmm. so obviously a horror movie and um people are in the comments debating about whether or not it's actually more of a thriller like there were like several comments being like I don't think talk to me counts as horror I thought it was more of a thriller and I'm like in what fucking world there are some movies i get that with but talk to me this is why i always argue against anything being referred to as a thriller it's a bullshit genre you know i just (laughs) that's why i'm like genuinely now i'm like i'm on it too (laughs) every single time i've watched a horror movie and i've jumped in like the comment sections on like youtube or something people are constantly like oh is this This movie didn't scare me at all it was so dumb yeah and like shit like that and they're like yeah, that's the, the people sitting there saying you need to watch martyrs and a serbian oh, film then you'll actually be scared right, right. that I'll kind of thing is like <laughs> that's frustrating um making claims to whether the genre is actually horror is frustrating to me mm-hmm. because uh it, it like for several reasons firstly obviously horror doesn't have to be scary we had this whole conversation about gothic horror back in yeah. the back in the day uh, but secondly I told Noah this. I don't understand what the guidelines are to consider something horror if talk to me. Right. A possession movie. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, that's the big line. Is not right? like, horror. It's a classic horror thing. <laughs> also, I'm not, I'm going to, because we need to get back to the movie. We here. do. Right. But sorry. I think a really clean defining line is, is the supernatural present and is it malevolent? If the supernatural is present and malevolent, it is definitely not a thriller. Mm-hmm. So because true. the supernatural can be present. Example, Casper the Friendly Ghost. 
That is not a horror movie. That is still a child's movie. You know, are you sure? Supernatural in the form of okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> but supernatural in the form of like in the form of Jason. someone's dead spouse giving them directions and help from beyond the grave. That's not a horror thing. Like, but what is the movie Ghost with the pottery scene or whatever? So true. I know. What I don't know anything is. about Sing that. It. <laughs> no, but you know, there's. There's plenty of times where like, oh, I just, I know that Martha's with me while I figure out this hard, hard case. The mm. wind blew open my journal. Yeah, stuff like that. That's, that doesn't make it a horror movie. But as soon as the ghost goes into you. And is fucking shit up in a I like ghost goes way. Into but that me? would make. Fucking? Hold on a second here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a no. hard cut edit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that I I think that specifically in the case of Talk to Me, I just don't know what those people who said that wasn't horror. I want mm. to know what they consider to be horror you don't, because though. because they're a bunch of people. It's cannibal who are just, is what it is. It's literally just those people. Yeah. that are like only the most shocking, obscure shock horrors are real horror because That's, they're the only things that elicit a gut reaction. What from a me. sad. Also, I sad love existence. Friday the Thirteenth. Of course, that's mm-hmm. what those guys are like. What but a, one of the big slasher names. They'll pick one. What a pathetic and the others suck. to lead. Yeah, no, enjoy things. Well, also you, to you spend bastards. all your time arguing about whether things fit in a genre based on whether you like it or not. What are you, metalheads? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and on things that we're not going to shut fire. up about. Let's, like, let's, let's, go, let's go. Let's go. We gotta go. Right. We got content warnings. There's a lot in this one. There's a lot of. Content. We got child death. We got torture, and I figure you guys probably saw that one coming. Bet you didn't see the rest of them because we didn't mention them yet. <laughs> Substance abuse, child kidnapping, we, we mentioned that one. Suicide on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, animal abuse, cut. also mm-hmm. on screen. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that is a zero cut on the suicide on yeah, screen. Yeah, it's, it's actually like really well done, but also... <laughs> mm-hmm. Weird to say, one of my favorite scenes of the movie. It like it's everything legit, ramps up really, in a really, really intense. Way. It's really, it's really well done, and it works for this story really well, yeah. especially knowing the context of everything yeah. that has happened. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, but specifically, also, sorry, just to call good. out like animal abuse. Mm, yeah. Um, yep. That for was, one, there, there's a deer that's shot and dies at the beginning of the movie, oh, and the yeah. dead Very body is shown. But also. The other animal abuse scene in this movie is really fucked up and gross, and it does mm-hmm. like show it. Yeah, yes. it sits really strangely. It yeah, it's uncomfy. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the dog doesn't die. So, dog doesn't die. Yep, yes, the dog does die off screen. Oh, does it? I don't recall ever. They bring the collar. That's how they find. Yeah, the oh right, collar right. Is brought the dog up. does die just off screen. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Also, there's uh, sex offenders, uh, specifically minor sex offenders, pedophiles, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. Heavy plot point. Yeah, yeah. In this, nothing shown is discussed. You are definitely yeah, so. meant to be thinking it throughout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty intense movie. It's a lot. It's heavy. It's long and it's slow and it's good at it. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, is there something else we needed to talk about? Well, I mean, we. I mean, we've we warned an awful lot of content. We've discussed whether or not we think it's a horror movie. And we I don't know that we've really got a consensus, but that's not very important. The important thing is, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, like, is this movie like scary? Um, 
it's hard to say because technically it's not a horror movie, you know. And as we all know, but if it's not a horror movie, it can't possibly it be can't scary. scary. That's the you. only measure yeah. of whether or not that something is, is a horror movie. That is the only measure of whether, whether or not, or not it yeah. scares yeah. me specifically. Yeah, but if I was to give it an uncomfy rating, sure, I'd maybe give it like a six. It's got a lot of those like just visceral discomfort kind of scenes. It makes you feel a little icky yeah. sometimes. It do be making you feel a little bit icky sicky. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we good to hop on over to the spoiler synopsis? The spoiler Let's train, the spoiler town. Okay, great. Um, as always, when I do my episodes, I'm just going to be reading from Wikipedia. All right. Um, Keep on yeah, rolling. So enjoy Emma's story time for a moment. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie and you're interested, definitely go watch it and then come back and hang out with us and watch the second part of our podcast episode. Um, okay, here we go. In Conyers, Pennsylvania, the Dover and Birch family celebrate Thanksgiving together. After dinner, girls Anna Dover and Joy Birch go missing after playing on a parked RV. Detective Loki responds to a police call about an RV matching the description and arrests the man inside. Alex Jones. During interrogation, <laughs> Loki Alex real- Jones is so <laughs> yeah. funny. It's really funny. <laughs> Um, uh, during interrogation, Loki realizes Alex's diminished IQ prevents him from planning a kidnapping and learns that his RV contains no forensic evidence of the missing girls. Loki runs down leads on local pedophiles and finds a corpse in the house of priest Patrick Dunn. Dunn admits to killing him after the man confessed to murdering 16 children for his, quote, war on God, unquote. The police captain uh, releases Alex to his aunt, Holly. Convinced of Alex's guilt, Keller Dover, the father of one of the missing girls, assaults him outside the police station, where Alex whispers to him, they didn't cry till I left them. After Loki finds no proof of this, Keller kidnaps Alex and begins to torture Alex for information about his daughter in an empty building Keller owns. At a vigil for the girls, Loki approaches a suspicious man who flees. Loki releases a sketch of him to the community. The suspect sneaks into the Birch and Keller's houses. Um, Grace hears him and calls Loki, who learns while responding that Keller spends his nights away from home. He tails Keller to an empty building where Keller claims he goes to drink, but Loki doesn't find Alex. Loki tracks down the suspect, Bob Taylor, at his house. The walls are covered in maze drawings, and Loki opens crates filled with snakes and bloody children's clothes. Loki shows Keller and the Birch parents photos of the bloody clothes, and they identify several as Joy's and Anna's. As Taylor draws detailed mazes, Loki assaults him and demands the location of the girls. Taylor grabs an officer's gun and kills himself. Keller continues torturing Alex for the location of the girls, and Alex cryptically talks about escaping from a maze. Keller visits Holly, learning that Alex's stuttering comes from a childhood incident involving snakes her husband kept. While devoutly religious, Holly and her husband lost their faith after their son died of cancer, and they adopted Alex as a way to cope. Loki matches the maze pattern in Taylor's drawings to a necklace worn by the corpse in Dunn's house. At Taylor's house, Loki is informed that most bloody clothes are store-bought and soaked with pig blood. Below a window outside the Dover house, Loki finds Taylor's footprints and a sock matching that of Anna's, which Keller had earlier identified. The drugged Anna and Joy attempt to escape, but only Joy gets away and is found and hospitalized. 
When Keller questions a woozy joy, she remembers little, but tells him, you were there. He immediately rushes out. Loki gives chase and arrives at Keller's building, expecting to find him, but instead finds Alex. Keller goes to Holly's to find Anna. They talk for a while, and then Holly pulls again. She explains that before her husband disappeared, they adopted, chi they abducted children as part of their war on God to avenge their son's death and to create demons out of the traumatized parents. Alex was their first abduction. Taylor was their second. Holly imprisons Keller in a hidden pit in her yard where he finds his daughter's whistle. Loki enters Holly's house to inform her that Alex has been found, but instead finds a photo of her late husband wearing the maze necklace. Realizing that Holly is the kidnapper, he searches and finds her giving Anna an injection. In a shootout, Loki kills Holly but is grazed in the head. He rushes Anna to the hospital while fighting unconsciousness. A recuperating Anna and Joy visit a bandaged Loki in his hospital room to thank him. Later, Loki wanders the crime scene at Holly's house when he faintly hears a whistle blowing. And then the movie ends. Yeah. Um, this is also very not detailed at all. Yeah. Skips over a ton events. of stuff. Skips over a ton and does not really uh, go into detail on many things in particular. But that's, that's the story. largely that's the, that's the story. Yeah. That's largely what happens. Um, and it's a great time. Yeah. Well, not a great time, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, um, Jeff, there was something before the break that you said you would wait until after the break to talk about. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I have a whole thing about Detective Loki. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Detective Loki. I just think he's neat. <laughs> well, let me tell you why you're fucking wrong. <laughs> uh, I actually think he's awful. Well, you're correct there. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I have watched this movie twice in the last three days because that's what I try to do for the podcast. Usually I try to do the first watch like earlier in the week, actually, so I can have more time mm -hmm. to like sit with it before the second watch. But I, I didn't realize how long this movie is, so I did not space it appropriately. In any case, the first watch, I was a little confused by Loki's character because... You know, like, I'm watching a mystery movie and my giallo brain is like, this cop should have a thing. Giallo cops always have a thing, you know, whether it's stealing mm -hmm. people's mail because they collect stamps or, like, you know, something of that nature, right? Loki's so is blinking weird. Okay, yeah, so... his is uh, being on the verge <laughs> of a mental thing, breakdown at all times. I, I was like, you know, I'm looking at him because this is a guy, he's like, you know, he's got the, the cop tattoo on his neck, he's got the cross tattoo on his hand, he's got the astrology tattoos on the other hand, he's got the Freemason ring on the other hand. Like, this is a man covered with symbols Three of hands. things, right? And I was like, mm -hmm. if he's got all these things, then why is he so steadfastly refusing to be a character? throughout the movie, right? Because Genuinely. his entire personality <laughs> is cop. And the I moment he is asked him. to do anything beyond that, he clams up and like doesn't say anything until he can figure out how to just cop his way out of the situation. And that's when so, I realized okay. that's his thing. He's a fucking dumbass. This man is stupid as shit and he's not good at his job, but somehow he's still the smartest cop in the movie. Okay. Let me just, uh, I've got like a list of things written out here. One of the most glaring <laughs> things though, you look at his car. The copest cop mm -hmm. car to ever cop car, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Did you notice his inspection's out of date? It is? This oh, movie is set at Thanksgiving and his inspection stickers say April. 
Oh, I forgot no. this movie's set in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, also Pennsylvania. <laughs> whoop whoop. Ooh, inspections this, every uh, year. It's uh, while it was I all it filmed. Here. It was all filmed in it's Georgia. It's filmed in Georgia, yeah. Which you can tell but if you look at the it's trees. Set, I think. It is set in fictional city Delco, Pennsylvania. Delco's a real place. Which, Delaware dude. County. <laughs> it is. Yeah, but it's, there, a, it's fictional a fictional city in Delco. Yeah. They the, and honestly, the buildings look right. The place respect looks good. for the fact that it looks like the Poconos. Full on, like, it, it looks like does. it looks it like, looks any like it just looks small like Thanksgiving places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks like Thanksgiving in the past like three or four years of my life. So. Yeah, very convincing. So anyway, in any case, though, yeah, if you look at the inspection stickers on his car, he's like six, seven months out of date. Oh, who's gonna arrest him? Him? Well, sure. And on one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, this might just be He'd an ACAP thing. Him. But then also, um, the scene where he's opening all the boxes full of snakes. And he mm-hmm. keeps just like he just keeps going. leaving them open and opening the next Sir. box of snakes and being consistently surprised. Another box of snakes. Another, another, box, another of snakes. box of snakes. And then when he finds the <laughs> exactly. one with the notebook in it, he is so like focused on the notebook that then he's surprised when there's snakes on his boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Also, that man never uses gloves once. He uses his. He pen handles to pick all a, a kinds of evidence, once. and he never wears gloves. And this is when we all know that you're supposed to wear gloves. DNA evidence exists in 2013. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Also, can I before we go any further, can I say something about Detective Loki? We've mm-hmm. already mentioned that he's like 30 seconds away from a mental breakdown at any point. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, he doesn't sleep through this whole movie. I don't think. Okay, that was yeah. exactly. So I'm currently in a period at my workplace where I am not doing great and I'm being overworked. And at the end of every, like, stretch of a couple days, I am, like, fumbling shit that I know, like, the back of my hand. And I was finding myself relating to him increasingly in the fucking snake box opening scene because those, to me, are hugely relatable, like, sleep deprivation, stress symptoms where you're, like, you're just, like, so fucking focused on, like... You're just, yeah, you're just doing the thing. I know Jeff knows what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Nobody knows more about just so, doing the thing mm-hmm. than me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I did I did feel like that specifically, it's, I never thought of his actions as being stupid because he was stupid. I thought of them as him like pushing himself sure. way too hard. Okay, and for the snake thing, I can forgive that, right? Mm. But also, I... when he tails Keller... And he's doing the shittest tail job you've ever seen. He's just a cop. Sure, nobody's ever taught him how to tail somebody. I understand. And even the training that cops get doesn't work. That's why they're so easy to spot. Sure. And on top of that, it doesn't help that he's driving the cop carest cop car to ever cop car, right? Mm -hmm. But when Keller pulls into the, the liquor store parking lot and Loki stops to sit and watch him. There is a perfectly available parking lot for him to pull into and be able to watch from there. But instead he stops in the middle of the road right by an intersection even. And then someone pulls Mm -hmm. up behind him and honks and he doesn't fucking do anything for way too long. This man's dumb as shit. You cannot convince Mm -hmm. me of anything else from that one scene alone. He's just tired. He's just tired. He's so tired. <laughs> I don't, I, I, so, okay, as much as I'll defend him and be like, it's sleep deprivation, which I will also well, It's clear that, that even without sleep too. deprivation, all he knows how to do is I <laughs> just don't understand why people, because this plays into, like, what you were saying about he just refuses to be a character. How are people simping for this man? Yeah, what are they simping what for? What are you simping after? He's just a man doing <laughs> okay. okay. 
y'all need to back off. This guy is peak Tumblr guy. Is he peak Tumblr no. guy? He's not a twink. <laughs> he's not. He's the other side of peak Tumblr guy. What do you mean? He's mysterious white guy. <laughs> okay, so that's the other thing is people keep calling him mysterious. That was in one of the like okay, descriptions for this fanfic. He's no, not that mysterious. No, but in the description for this fanfic, it says you are a forensic scientist. Like your the your name character right. is a forensic scientist assigned to a case with the mysterious detective Loki. Mysterious where. He is. <laughs> he doesn't the, have enough depth saying. to be mysterious. <laughs> the most basic surface read of this movie is that he is the mysterious detective Loki. Who knows what he's doing? Why is he spending Thanksgiving right. alone? So oh no! Will, it's because right. he's a weirdo. <laughs> no one likes him. His, His boss, boss doesn't like doesn't him. Like no. him. His coworkers stay at a distance. And of course they do. He throws a fit in the middle of the office smashes and smashes his, his entire computer. computer. And they like, all just kind of stand there. <laughs> exactly. No one likes this man. That's why people love him. He's an edgy loner. Right, and a lot of people... That's why people are horny for him. A he's an edgy loner you know, and he's Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I know a something about... A lot of people about... will read a... Mm. What's that? I'm just going to say a lot of people will read a lack of character as mm. ample room for projection and and mystery and I get that I do find that with certain characters I think that the lack of character is so intentional on this point where it's like we're supposed to um especially with the tattoos and stuff I I think it's so that we kind of understand that this is a man who's consistently like grasping at meaning but maybe doesn't have the mental capacity to actually like understand why other people have faith mm. and such um but other people are like oh he's so mysterious and i'm like no he's really fairly easy to read yeah. if you are paying attention do you can i say something i really liked about detective loki oh sure yeah actually i'm gonna say two things <gasps> one thing that i respect about detective loki but is I that he's the troops <laughs> no so, <laughs> Noah just did a salute uh, for the audience. Don't say um, that. I can't have my reputation ruined. <laughs> no. So when he comes across uh, the snake containers and he opens mm -hmm. the first mm -hmm. one and it's a shit ton of snakes under clothing. And then he opens the second one and it's more snakes. I'm like, I respect that he kept looking through all of the containers because I would have yeah. just called like animal control and been like, yo, I need you all to come out here and then like let them handle all the snakes and like search One might all argue these extra that's containers. What he should have done. It kind of seems yeah. to me like he could have just put the lids back on the containers and then kept looking. Like you open it, you see that it's snakes inside and you just close it again. It seems like that would be easy, but okay. Yeah. But I mean, he was so focused on trying to find these True. Clothes. So I'm He's sure yeah. he was just like panicked, like thinking they have to be in one of these boxes. Maybe they're in one of these boxes with a bunch of snakes. Sure. Like, yeah, I understand find it. But um, the other thing I really like about Detective Loki is I feel like in a lot of movies that depict cops mm. or in shows that depict cops, they're shown as very like pro-cop and very like heroic kind of figures yeah. and like nice people and good people like at no point does this movie try to convince you detective loki is a good person yeah <laughs> like he <No. laughs> is a piece of shit and like i love that every time it shows him interacting with the family just like how like shit cop he turns into yeah oh he's texting like, 
He's like, sir, I understand you need to calm down. Yeah, And like all this bullshit kind of like talking down to people constantly. And I just love how they depicted Detective Loki in that Mm -hmm. way. And how like you have this really shitty cop who's kind of like an anti-hero because he's a shitty cop um, and like a bad person. But they really like let that stick throughout the movie rather than trying to kind of like flip this heroic angle on him. Yeah. Um, and I appreciated that. The Tumblr girlies are insane. I'm I mean, <laughs> I have found two posts that I'm sending to the chat. Oh no. Um, they're by different people, completely different people. The fir- the first one is, uh, I'm roasting random Tumblr, Tumblr people. I'm sorry if any of them are listening to this. One person says, nobody asked for this, but I recently rewatched Prisoners. Such a really cool film. Doesn't hold your hand. I fell in love with Detective Loki all over again. He's such a cool character because he's really up for interpretation. Oh, no. I feel like um, it's uh, half of it has to just be the fact that his name's Loki, right? Oh, yes. 100%. There's um, also like Jake Gyllenhaal is a bit more of a divisive figure now. Oh, but sure. I feel like in oh, yeah, early he used to be 20 a teens, like people, people loved okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. Disclaimer. The top post, the, the one that I just read, is from 2022. Oof. So Yeah, it's a person who went back to watch it. They already loved him the first enough. time, Nina. This up. person <laughs> says, a different person says, this is such, I feel like embarrassed reading this out loud because this is the kind of stuff that I used to post about Wolverine. <laughs> um, this person says, I'm spiraling. Can we please talk about the how faded the cross tattoo is on Loki's hand? All of his other <laughs> tattoos are solid lines and seem professionally done. You could argue that his hands would fade faster, but his finger tattoos are still intact, which leads me to believe that he did it himself. Catch me writing a blurb about him etching the cross and religion into himself permanently. Catholics on Jesus Tumblr need to take Christ. a step back, firstly. Take a breath. <sighs> Eat a potato. They're so Raw. horny Calm for down. him. What's going on? All right, so uh, Jeff just did the biggest eye roll during all of that, and it was really great. So <laughs> I want to hit some of my favorite rolling. Detective Loki moments. Um, I did Jeff. Did, I'm sorry, we interrupted you in the middle of your list. Was that it? Uh, he also needs to be prompted multiple times to actually take notes when things are happening, and then the notes he takes are shit. Mm-hmm. So and yet they still somehow help him solve the case. No, they fucking house, don't. Door. He looks into everything that he finds and doesn't actually that, no, figure it out. That's what by I was actually end. just about to say. <laughs> he doesn't everything solve everything that happens to solve this is because Keller kidnaps and beats a man almost to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he okay, so like because Keller kidnaps him, that is the only reason that Loki knows about the apartment building, you know? Mm -hmm. And he assumes he's going back there when he leaves the hotel or the hospital. So he goes there and finds Alex. He would not have found that if Alex had not been kidnapped. And if he had not found Alex there, he never would have gone and caught, um, Uh Holly and what's her face. Holly. 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 He never would have caught Holly in the act. Uh Uh-huh. None of that ever would have happened. It's entirely all because mm-hmm. of Keller, yeah. Like, the the uh, doofy little maze emblem I think it's happens cool. to be the same maze. Well, yeah, but it's like it happens to be the same maze as the logo. There's no connection between the guy who really wanted to emulate being a dude 
mm-hmm. and the emblem on the actual child killer. If you like, haven't seen this movie, Noah's talking fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah, right a little now. bit. But... <laughs> it's hey, this is the spoiler part. You need to see the movie. If to you know don't what I'm know who the about. guy trying to say... emulate being a dude is, then like you didn't watch Prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Okay, so the the medallion on the child murderer's corpse right. in the church basement. Mm-hmm. Is the same as the logo on that apparently fake FBI story book. Allegedly fake. Which is it's kind of allegedly I fake. think the ending is that like it turns out that it was real, but there just wasn't evidence, right? I think that that kind of was the implication. Yeah, that's right? that's what I got. But that emblem on the book is the same as the emblem on the child murderer's medallion right. for some reason. It is also integral to the plot of the book apparently well because what the it is an unsolvable maze yeah because what the what the uh the killer did was he would give people an lsd ketamine mix and then make them do mazes which is apparently it like my there's a part of me that believes that that's what this like the book was about the husband and wife in this movie that's what i got from it i think that's what's intended yeah I think mm-hmm. it's intended to. I just, I don't know. That, so, okay. But then in the town, in the town. Nobody's this got happened, any idea of it, yeah. Firstly, no one has any idea. Secondly, in the town this happened, the guy wants to emulate him so bad because he got drugged and then escaped? He finished all the mazes so he was allowed to leave. Okay. But he wants to be that guy who happens to be his neighbor a block over and he... I don't think it's... We're talking about David DeMelch... Yeah, Yeah. Bob Taylor. Okay, no, he's... the character. I don't think he wants to be him. He's... No, he's he's traumatized. Yeah. This is the the connecting point between Alex and Bob. Yeah, is that happened to both of them? It -hmm. happened to both of them. They're very traumatized. And the trauma from the... This is my favorite part of the movie. The trauma from what they experienced... affects them in such a way that it comes off to the general populace as though they're the type of person who would do the thing that was done to them. And it's a really interesting kind of commentary on real life kind of victims of trauma and how we treat them and all of that kind of thing. And that was absolutely like my read on that, my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also tying into that, Holly calls attention to this by telling Keller very specifically you should know Alex never hurt those girls. He would not do something like that. All he wanted to do was take mm-hmm. them in a ride in his RV. Yeah. But all that, Loki's connection of that maze icon mm. and the medallion is so tangential. Like, it's not, like, it's another instance of him tripping into the point. Absolutely. Again and again and again and again. Also, it ties into Loki being stupid. Okay, so... <laughs> I because he could this never is a little bit this one's maze. a little bit more involved okay so while I was watching the first time he finds the corpse in the priest's basement and it's very obvious he's got this shiny labyrinth medallion and I look at it mm-hmm. and I go surely that's important literally and it's the only like, thing I think about for the next like 40 minutes of movie and through the, I, that I, whole time yeah. Loki doesn't notice it whatsoever and then he gets to Bob yeah. Taylor's house and he's and like at this point in the movie it's been like you know it's been like 40 minutes and I'm like is that just not going to come back we get to Bob Taylor's house and he's got like the little mazes and stuff drawn all over his walls and shit 
and we see that, and I'm like, okay, finally, it's coming back. And then yeah, Loki finds the notebook thing. full of the drawings of the mazes and shit. And I'm just like, okay, surely, surely he's putting the pieces together now. He fucking doesn't until he smashes his computer and finds and like throws the contents of his desk everywhere like a fucking toddler. And as the pictures are all like scattered everywhere, he just happens to look down okay. and see the picture Wait. that has the medallion in it and realizes that it's identical to the drawing. He is so dumb. Okay. And I feel like just real quick, the reason that this is like a thing he should have seen and noticed though, is because for the six days, those girls are missing. He is all he does. If he sleeps is pouring over this case but he's pouring over it all in his head. He doesn't actually look at his like evidence, and he doesn't take notes. He's sitting there and he's trying he's to. He's not following it out. any good procedure. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I literally just wanted to say I fully agree that Detective Loki is stupid. Okay, I would really like to talk to some, about um, some other yes, stuff. Yes, I'm gonna stop oh, yeah. harping on okay. that so much. It's just the maze thing was like the most egregious aspect. It's, no, of it. that yeah. is the most egregious. <laughs> yeah, and it and I, it's. I Super, love Detective Loki. I want to so talk stupid. about other characters so much more than I want to talk about Loki at this point. Like, I, I feel I've made <laughs> I have, a point. <laughs> I do have a blast with him, though. I he's thought awful. he was a great he's part a of good, this movie. Um, he's, yeah, he's, but it's, he's good to watch. It's the, um, the fact that he stumbles onto things is um, important to making Keller's arc. Mm. Like, I think yeah. that's, mm -hmm. like, the whole, the whole thing is that... Um, kind of a do the like do the ends justify the means kind of thing right. because because specifically because uh, Loki wouldn't have figured shit out without Keller's right. extremely repugnant actions. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the end, without those actions, the kids would not have gotten found. And with the kind of religious themes in this movie, mm. um, does it mean anything that he had to undergo like some some stress you know getting shot being trapped in this pit potentially bleeding to death as kind of a penance for what he did does it mean anything that alex was eventually reunited with his family because of keller's actions even though those actions put alex through so much pain mm. um you know there's just so much interconnected kind of stuff there um, Very morally complex, which is, yeah. I love it, which is why I only have one real beef with this story. Okay. And that's that I just don't fucking buy the villain's motive very much. I don't, I wish we had more time to kind of hear flesh it out. what the fuck is going on yeah. there and flesh it out because like I get the bones of it, but she really just kind of restates something we heard earlier in the movie, says something about turning the parents into demons and then um, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get how that ties into what happened to her. I don't get how that ties into what they did to Bob and Alex or how letting them go would at all make, like, how they let Bob go and how they kept Alex. Like, how does that factor into their stated intention and motive? Like, I don't necessarily get it, personally. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe the three-hour extra torture cut would like illuminate that a little. <laughs> I wonder. Um, I, I think they were her and her husband were already pretty fucked up. Easy. And this was just like a justification. And and for, then their yeah. son died, and they were probably religious fucked up before. Yeah, she says that they were always out passing out pamphlets and whatnot. 
their son dying. I feel like when crazy religious people reach a point where they can no longer justify their faith, they get extremely crazy. Absolutely. Like even more yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Um, and them losing their son when they had this unhealthy and probably incorrect view of God. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they probably thought like, oh, we're believers, so nothing will bad will ever happen to us sort of and thing. It does. And then when something terrible happened to them, they were like, well, fuck you, God. And then they're like, we're going to find a way to fuck over other people and make them experience what we experienced um, and kidnapping children. Like she said of like kidnapping children makes you lose your faith and kind of turn into demons, Um, which is like the whole kind of like thesis point of the movie Mm -hmm. because Dover Dover Keller Dover. That's his Colorado. Yeah, two last he, names. Two last names. I mean, he was uh, he was already a bit fucked up, um, oh, sure. because mm-hmm. I think it's heavily implied that he killed his dad. Um, I kind of is that did what you got out of that? Too. Okay, I did. Yeah. Wait, hold what on. What I got what? was that he was fucked up over his dad's suicide. But okay, so um, he it's implied and talked about that he used to have a drinking problem, mm, right? And he quit. Um, Mm-hmm. And then Detective Loki, like, it's talked about that his dad was, like, some respected person in the community-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bit of a hard guard. ass. And a bit of a hard ass, a prison guard. Detective Loki pulled up a newspaper article about um, Keller's dad's death. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how, like, oh, it was a suicide by gunshot, um, and there was no note. Mm-hmm. Um so I think, I think his dad was probably an, an alcoholic, um, yeah, and really like hard on him. And Keller has like this big philosophy of like, oh, you've got to be a man and like take care of things you yourself and like everything. do all this stuff and be ready for everything. Always be prepared. Um, and I think, thing. yeah, yeah, I think his dad was just pushed a bit too much, and Keller killed him, and it was kind of ruled a suicide but because that's why i felt the the only reason that i really thought that that was like a a more likely scenario than him just having killed himself is Mm -hmm. why would keller the guy who's preparing for everything not have kept those like apartments in a state of repair that he could rent them out i thought it was just a don't want to be in the place that my dad killed himself in kind of thing but i i definitely see the read that he killed him yeah yeah, I think it's a reflection mm. on his relationship and feelings about his dad for sure. Um, but yeah, the whole like thing of like, oh, losing your kids will turn you into a monster. Um, I feel like Keller was already a bit of that, but yeah. I I was kind of thinking though that Keller's arc is kind of a, a parallel to the war against God people, right? Because it was losing their child that made them lose their faith and turned them into monsters. And then it's losing his child that turns him into a monster as well. You know, it's kind of kind of just a same thing going on there. But which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of their intent was yeah. like just they Make more. God had turned them into monsters by taking away their child. So they were going to raise up an army of these same monsters to, to show him like, how dare you do this to yeah. us? 
Um, which like would be interesting again if that were more like clearly communicated. Right. And I think there's a yeah. way to like communicate it. I just didn't feel like I got the that explanation. News breaks yeah, so late sure. in the movie that Holly's the villain. And like mm-hmm. I do really like that, but it definitely robs us of the opportunity to understand her any better. They're mm-hmm. so focused at that point on Stuff shocking you with the point, twist. Right? And then, yeah, they want you to be like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. I thought it was going to be a pedophile guy. And then it was a woman. It's a woman. Um, oh. We had like four woman characters in this whole movie. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Um, and uh, then. Uh, one of them is barely there. And the other is also I, barely Keller's there. Keller's and... wife is such a like, I liked I liked the two different ways the, the wives dealt with it. I wish we'd gotten a little more of that. Um, mm, I, but I, I understand why we didn't, we really were focusing on, um, on everything else, but, uh, yeah, at that point we're so focused on kind of bringing the, we're doing another torture thing, right? Like we've had our one like torture sequence with Keller to Alex and now we're kind of reversing this and we're doing a similar kind of, of, um, victim perpetrator mm-hmm dynamic with him and holly and that's what they're so focused on is establishing that dynamic her um the way that he's way more compliant than alex was in in his dynamic with alex not that alex could be compliant in any way he just wasn't doing anything now well yeah but what the question anyway with alex it's like was he capable i don't think he was um but with keller like he's like we're so focused on watching Keller be put in this dynamic and watching how he reacts to it that we kind of abandon the plot of the movie, <laughs> um, which is fine. I get it. I under again, it's a thriller, so a lot of the times I feel like actions are taken just to see how the character will react. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have loved a little more debrief time, especially especially with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally I kind of wish that Mrs. Dover, once things had happened, I wish she had more to do than just lapse into hysterics and be incoherent for the entire movie. Because mm-hmm. I, I understand the, you know, representing people that process grief differently. Some people handle this kind of stuff very, very poorly. Understandably, sure. But, like, I don't like the way that the general tone of it is... Um, Men can just take things because they just keep going and women can't because they're weak. You know, like, I I don't love that. That definitely felt like the kind of theme that was going. But the movie's Um, not pushing that that wholeheartedly because Holly is our villain. I was going to say, I literally was just about to say, I think they subvert that with Holly. And I think maybe portraying the two wives that way is kind of a way to red herring us out of suspecting Holly. Yeah, okay. Also, not for nothing, I don't think... uh, I don't think Keller's keeping going at all. No, well, no, no, no. I love, <laughs> no, I love that Keller's cover is is like, he's like, if I pretend that my drinking problem, like if I lie to myself and say that my drinking problem is just to throw Loki off, then my drinking problem doesn't exist. This is a tag. Right, but then you notice <laughs> there's, a, there's three handles of liquor in his, uh, in his little like crack house there. Yeah, they just keep accumulating. Yeah. Whiskey brand whiskey, I my think... favorite. I love whiskey brand whiskey. <laughs> also, I think like the other family um, of the child who's abducted yeah. shows as like a pretty good foil to both. Absolutely, yes. Um, Mr. Mm-hmm. and Mrs. Dover, yeah. where 
um, the father, played by Terrence Howard, um, is much more like passive, and and Keller like gets him involved in the torture of he Alex. Pulls him into and it. He's, he drags him. Every he's step. like very fucked up by it, um, mm-hmm. and it affects him greatly. And he's very much the type like we were talking about of. Um, I think he was much more like shut down after his daughter's disappearance um, and in a very similar state of mind potentially to Mrs. Dover. Um, But Keller keeps kind of like dragging him along to like do this stuff. And Um, then mm -hmm. um, Viola Davis's character, um, she is much more active she gets um, but we involved, obviously yeah. don't we don't see that too much because the other family isn't like shown a whole lot in the movie because yeah. mm-hmm. maybe in the torture cut. maybe in the torture cut. but <laughs> <laughs> but um Terrence Howard goes home and she's kind of like grilling him on where he's been and he tells her and then they go over to Keller's house and she's like what the fuck and then. Keller goes and like takes her to Alex and she tries to question him and goes through all this stuff and she lands on the opinion of like, no, we need to keep doing this. Yeah. We need to keep like torturing this person because he might know where our kids She's are. She's not into it at first, um, but then after she talks to him, she changes her mind. Yeah. And so I think like I totally understand wanting more out of Mrs. Dover, but I think kind of an active persi- participant and like Right. This kind of undersided investigation is shown through her. Mm-hmm. Um, Nina, you're raising your hand. Yeah, I was going to say, just with all of that in mind, the the looks on their faces when it's kind of revealed that Alex was almost certainly not the like person who did it, I love mm-hmm. that we get to kind of see that and how there's like this unspoken like communication between them of like oh, oh we shit. have fucked up mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah um and with that in mind um so this is kind of unrelated but there's a new exorcist movie coming out yeah and i was interested in the new exorcist movie until i realized that it's completely ripping this movie off and i wouldn't have <laughs> oh <laughs> Well, now I'm even I wouldn't have known that if I had, because I had not seen this movie, but the whole thing that had me interested in the new Exorcist movie was very much the like, oh, these two girls just kind of disappear. Um, And then like, um, I still love a a came back wrong story. So I might like Mm. see it because like the the story is very much focused on what happens after they came back in the new Exorcist as far as the trailers can tell. But um, what had me interested was like, oh, these two girls like disappear. And I'm like, well, now I've watched that movie. <laughs> Sorry for ruining it for you, Nina. No, I definitely I wasn't think excited about it. We anyway, were, I so. wasn't I wasn't excited. I was I'll, just peaked. I'll still watch it. Right, I'm still going to see it because of professional. I'm a a horror podcaster. It's my duty (laughs) to see these movies in theaters. I'm so glad I'm not a horror podcaster. Oh my God. Can you imagine? It's a hard life. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about Keller as a character just for a second. Let's talk about Keller. I take absolutely (laughs) massive, massive issue with, what was the Ebert reviewer's name? Uh, She didn't like the way Hugh Jackman portrayed this character. She thought, Sheila thought that 
he was like too over the top that he huffed and puffed and like mm-hmm. I've, no, no, I've no, fucking no, met this no. guy. Okay, like, but this here's is a the thing. real dude. I think that you're like, <laughs> I think that you're misinterpreting Sheila. Sure. Sheila says that he does all of that and it can be monotonous, but she says that 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 behavior tells us that this is a weak man who needs to feel powerful. Sure, yeah. She's making right, a very yeah, compelling character assessment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Th- I I know what stuck out to you, but there was a, a like conclusion to that statement yeah. that I thought yeah, I, showed that I she appreciated that. his My acting. Bad. All right, yeah. I retract no that worries, statement, no Sheila. But um We still love you, Sheila, <laughs> but we have met this man. <laughs> yeah, like this <laughs> a few of them in This fact. dude is so well written and so well performed by Hugh Jackman that like I literally he's reminding me of like so so many dudes and like one of the few things that i kind of found myself not liking about this movie is the way that like everything keller does is something that like i've heard countless conservative christian dudes largely dads like kind of fantasize about doing mm-hmm. yeah i oh oh 100 so one of my notes my, in this my movie. lovely dearie i love my dad so much oh is he one of these oh Hundo P, Hundo yeah. P, man. This this dude has two AK forty, like not AK forty sevens. Is that it? Is that the right? The like, fifteen. Those Air are 15. completely different guns. That's it. I bitch. Dumbass. You have <laughs> if he had two AK forty sevens, I might have been scared of him. But now that I know it's he just two AR fifteens, <laughs> nothing. I'm not scared. They're at all. like, and he's like customized them and shit. And we used to get oh the fucking God. NRA mags and all that. Ah. No, 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 no. This is oh yeah. That's I, he hunts as well. Is the other thing like you know because these guys all have these guns. Oh, yeah. And then they hunt almost as a justification for owning the guns. Yeah, pretty much. I am well, reading. not with those guns, no. Not with those ones. No, no, that's no. The government that's made that illegal because so they're cowards. I'm reading my father to filth, but with love. I've known this about him my whole life. <laughs> yeah, there were a handful of moments where I looked at Keller and I was like, is, it, is there a possibility that this could be like my father-in-law from the alternate universe where he has hair? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I made a note about halfway through this movie. And I'm like, all right surface level super disingenuous take that i'm sure is not going to be carried through the movie but halfway through the movie where it's just hugh jackman beating paul dano to death right right with mm-hmm. his bare hands i'm sitting here and i'm like this is literally taken all over again oh yeah and there is if the movie ended with him getting the info he needed from that right if the movie ended there then it is exactly the same kind of like power trip fantasy that Taken is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm really hoping, because I firstly trusted Emma not to make me sit down and watch Taken. Of course. <laughs> because <laughs> as fun as movies like that can be, yeah, it's really not that fun when you think about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I'm like, because... I watched Air Force One recently. The movie sucks. <laughs> but I had a lot of fun watching <laughs> so it. But I wouldn't but I would be amazed if Emma was like, and this Christo fascist horror movie is what got me into horror. <laughs> if that's how this movie was, right, you know? Right. Um mm-hmm. But that was what I saw halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh god, god I hope they don't justify these actions. And the only justification is aforementioned. Detective Loki really doesn't put two and two together until he stumbles into the mess everyone has left around him. And then also, critically, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work out well for Keller. He kind of gets fucked in the end. I wonder what happens. Is there a video that explains? I just wish we knew if they found him. (laughs) 
I I wish that we I wish it was a little more ambiguous, honestly. It could like stand genuinely to be ambiguous. Uh, the original I, cut actually, the three hour horror uh the three hour uh the, the torture cut. The horror um, cut, yeah. And the horror cut one might call it, um, actually ended with Keller dying and not getting found. See, mm. I I kind of wish that I don't necessarily wish that he had died. Um, no, no. But I like, do wish that we weren't sh- a little, were a little more unsure. Because at the currently, with the current ending, ninety nine point nine nine percent sure. But it is Detective yeah. Loki, so maybe not. Um, well, but like, <laughs> if the final shot was like Loki and all the other cops are leaving, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna come back in the morning," and then after they're all in their cars, we hear the whistle. Right. I that's think that that's almost been. what I'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. Or like they're walking away. And the whistle goes off, and Loki hears it like once, yeah. but then dismisses like, it. Yeah, walking and away, then keeps walking, and then yeah. we, the audience, hear it go off again. In but like he during keeps the credits, like or once or twice in the credits, before yeah. the music comes in. So yeah. and because so, I do really like the ending as it is now, where we know he has the whistle, and we see things that have a lot of noise being powered down one by one, and there's that build up to the fact that we know that whistle is. Like he, it's it's really great because you're like, oh my god, maybe they're gonna like, maybe he'll stick around until all the noise is yeah. gone and he'll hear it. Um, that's really well done. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I really think this movie is well done. It makes me want to watch more stuff by Absolutely, this director. Yeah. Um, Dune. <laughs> I am going to watch Dune at some point. Um, so I just have to get over my preconceptions, which might take me another couple years, which is great because then more movies will be well, out. more time for the second uh, one. New Blade finally. Runner. Oh, I do True. need to watch the new Blade Runner. Oh, we I own too. that too. Yo, because my, <laughs> my dear friend um, is in a Ryan Gosling is literally me phase of his life. <laughs> um, and so I know that one of them that he is cited as actually having seen, because sometimes he quotes characters as literally me. He has not seen The Dark Knight. That he used to make Joker memes constantly. We dressed as the Joker what for kind Halloween. Of hasn't like, seen the, two the Dark Knight. Uh, this guy. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah, he's what? He's like twenty three. I think he kind of missed the era where that was like a huge thing. But to it's watch always the Dark Joker Knight. time. Come on. <laughs> anyway, um, he has he has talked about Blade Runner, and I've already seen Drive, so I know that that's not a character you want to emulate. But I don't know for sure about the Blade Runner guy. Don't know, don't mm-hmm. know. Although, did you know um, Ryan Gosling actually auditioned for the role of Detective Loki? Are you yeah. kidding yeah. me? Oh my god! Well, it I would have totally. The, the part ended I'm, up going to Jake Gyllenhaal because he and uh, the director had like just worked on another movie and they had an absolutely great time together. So once Gyllenhaal expressed that he was interested in the role, he got hired for it without even an audition, actually. Which uh, I'm going to say actually is uh, is unfair. We got robbed. I want to see the the Ryan Gosling version of this movie. Ryan Gosling would have given us, us the four hour Ryan Gosling torture cut. <laughs> <laughs> Having okay, so I've seen the Barbie. I, I'm briefly going to mention Barbie here. I've seen it three times now, um, and I just got to say, R. E. Ryan Gosling, because I watched The Notebook recently too. Um, and I've watched a lot of press material with him at this point. I'm, I didn't, I never have got it. I watched La La Land in theaters. I watched promo material for that. I watched the Oscars. I did not mm. get the Ryan Gosling thing. Watching him as Ken and in interviews about being Ken, I get it. 
because I think he's been held back by being in like semi-serious and romantic roles for too long. And he's a very good actor when it comes to just being asked to go really hard for roles that would not work unless he was going really hard. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with The Notebook. There are certain scenes where I was like, if this was not Ryan Gosling acting the shit out of this role, I would not care about this man. Um, and I think that maybe Detective Loki could have benefited from that energy. I never used yeah. to take Ryan Gosling seriously for the longest time until some at some point, and this is like several years ago now, I watched this movie called Lars and the Real Girl. Have any of you heard of this? I have heard I've of heard this. Of I have it, not seen it, but I know it. nothing. Yeah. It's Ryan Gosling as this, like, I don't know, antisocial kind of, like, weirdo. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I don't know that one. I'm not going to, like, get into the plot of the movie or anything, because we got to get back to, like, the task at hand here. But, like, I didn't take him seriously until I saw that, and I was like, oh, he's he's good at just being, like, a, a weird, like, you know, sort of ambiguously creepy dude. This is not the kind of thing that I would expect from him at all like it felt like kind of a weird casting for him to me but like mm -hmm. i don't know i've kind of just never i will i will say I okay, i've, so I've, I will I've say just taken about him prisoners. seriously since then i suppose but that's fair mm -hmm. i only ever took him seriously and it feels nice to take him unseriously mm, <laughs> um yeah okay uh but in regard to prisoners, yeah. I don't think a single actor is cast outside of their norm in this one. I wouldn't so say. I, yeah, they all are kind of playing exactly the kind of characters and roles I expect to see, especially Jackman, Gyllenhaal, Dano, and Desmond. This is like the most like, Paul Dano role that I've ever seen anyone in. I'm so glad that it's actually Paul Dano. <laughs> Paul Dano literally. I have not seen him in a role where he's not just a weedly little he's dude. He's just always like that. Um, have you seen There Will Be Blood? I he plays a priest in that one. Does is that the one he plays the priest in? I haven't he's seen a, it. A preacher, I it's not like a priest, but like yeah, a preacher. He's, he's like very oh charismatic my god, dude. And like oh my god, he's that is like, and then he gets beat to 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 shit, dude. Oh, you got no that idea. is like. <laughs> I am like I I it's tailor made for me. I have not seen it, but I I need to. So that one's well, and on that top of that, on you list. get Daniel Day Lewis being snidely whiplash, basically. I am it's just a movie full of fun so, characters and shit. It's just also incredibly long. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch mm -hmm. it at some point um, because I've seen clips and I'm like, this is unfortunately me coded. Oh, so I will get I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going like it, yeah. Maybe I should rewatch it again. Maybe, yeah. Like that's, now that I'm thinking about it, because it's, it's really good. Anyways, though. We're getting it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit of an odd, uh, not like an odd casting for Hugh Jackman, but it's it's not what I'm used to seeing him in. Mm -hmm. Before he does a great job with it, He kills it. Oh, my God. Before Les Mis, this is, is this after Les Mis uh, Prisoners? I don't remember. Man I think was... Les Mis. I think so, because I think I saw Les Mis in high school, and this came out when I was I was, was in, in high school as well. You, oh, fuck. No, I was in, was I in high school? 2012. Les Mis, I was in high school when Les Mis year. came out. Oh, okay. Shit, Emma, that doesn't make sense to me. I was in 10th grade I when Les Mis came out. I guess out. I wasn't in high school when oh, it that's came out. Okay, right? good. I was so confused. I know I was in 10th grade when Les Mis came out because I read the book before I saw the movie for a school assignment. I remember oh, that I okay. was in high school when it came out because I remember but, the people that I was hanging out with at the time. Okay, so not before Les Mis. I, f I, just, I think it came out at Christmas 
Because I remember seeing it with my family, like all of mm-hmm. my family, and I think that's why I was confused and thought it was I was. In Hugh Jackman has a really weird arc because he started out as a romantic actor, mm. and then people like for fucking he just Wolverine got stuck were into like, these really? action roles suddenly. Yeah, yeah, they're like really Hugh Jackman for some of these action roles because he's the like Regency fucking romance comedy actor, and then mm. he kills these action roles, and, and now that jacked. he's older, he. <laughs> He just wants to sing and like, and it's very clear that that's what he wants to continue to do. Um, And that's such an interesting trajectory of a career. And Prisoners hits at such a weird midpoint where he'd already been in one musical, The Greatest Showman hadn't happened yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's like this weird, like, what is Hugh Jackman doing post Wolverine? Like Logan hadn't come out right. yet, but we all kind of pretty much knew that he was out of out of Wolverine's shoes at this Absolutely. point. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, is he going to be more serious? Is he going to go for more like musical stuff? And then what seems to have stuck in the public consciousness is, is, is the musicals. But it's interesting to watch him in a role like this because it doesn't seem that weird. No. Contextually yeah. with the with yeah. the time. No, certainly not. No. Apparently, um, the scene where he's interrogating... Well, I guess we can just say straight torturing Alex. And he, like, destroys the sink with Mm -hmm. the hammer. yeah. Apparently that was improvised. And Paul Dano just, like, didn't flinch at all from the sink being destroyed. And, like, just claps to both of them. Massive. Because that was a really good scene. Yeah, apparently the the primary instruction given to Hugh Jackman for that scene was to be, quote, completely ferocious. So he yeah. grabbed a hammer yeah. and he destroyed a fucking sink. I love Hugh Jackman. He's scary. He's scary. He's in a that good scene. boy. He is. He is scary. He's a total like. I, I mean, but this is like what makes him so perfect for this yeah. character, is that he's a very believable dad. He's such a, a lot dad. of the time, yeah. He's such mm-hmm. a dad, and whenever he plays a dad, I fully buy into him in that role. So. This was really great because it also played into, I don't have kids. I don't want kids. Um, I don't think that my sibling relationships give me enough, like, fucking stake in in this relationship to be affected. But I will say, um, Hugh Jackman makes me believe that he's a dad and makes me believe that he's a dad who's freaking the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's uh there's one scene where he's like in his living room and he's like yelling at Detective Loki, but he yells at him like very suddenly and the audio quality just like dips. Like he just suddenly shouted and blew a mic out or something. Oh yeah, no, I thought I'm about sure that you too. That's like it. it's very obvious. I th- got my heart my racing. My guess is that he wasn't like instructed to yell in that scene, so they weren't like, you know, audio, they weren't prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But like the take but was just so, it, so good they that they it. had to leave it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only sometimes I've gotten so much better about it. I used to not be able to listen to metal with like screaming vocals because mm. it would stress me the fuck out. So I I very rarely get triggered by screaming male voices. This was one of those times where I just like I was like I'm drawing, I'm watching the movie while I'm drawing, and then that like blown out mic moment happened, and I was yeah. like, oh fuck! And I <laughs> it just hits that dad it voice was, so perfectly. It's yeah, that's exactly it. It was so good. It was a really good moment. A lot of the, his acting, um, 
again, like like Sheila said, it it's a man who needs to feel powerful because he's lost control yeah. and he mm-hmm. can't fix it. I um one other thing I will say, and I again I understand why they could not focus sure. on this. There are too many There's moving too many parts, there are the too movie. many relationships. <laughs> the older mm-hmm. children, um, I feel like were focused on a lot early on in the movie, specifically the relationship yeah. between Keller and Ralph. And then they like Ralph. Ralph disappears. Vanishes. He's not in the second half um, of the movie. Like And I feel like that's a bummer because I feel like I'm missing out on a character arc there. I feel like Keller's arc could have been so much bigger if Ralph would have been a little bit more of a presence, yelled at him a little bit more, mm-hmm. the way that he does about the the resurgence of his drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good shit. Really is. Um, Do we want to talk about Paul Dano as Alex Barry, whichever name we want to use? I'll call him He's Alex great. Jones. Alex what Jones. an unfortunate time to name the character Alex okay, Jones. Okay, but by like the way. we get this absolute gem of a line where Loki says the he says the sentence. Unfortunately, Alex Jones has the IQ of a ten year old. Also, I. Okay, so that specifically is something that, like, I take beef with. The IQ of a 10-year-old that you can tell they really wanted to say yeah, yeah. that <laughs> he was mentally 10 years old, but they wanted to try and find a way that sounded more real to say it, so they said he had an IQ of a 10-year-old. That's worse. It's That's actually yeah. worse. <laughs> 10-year-olds can string words together and are just, like... I know a lot of adults who you could be like, oh, he's got the IQ of a 10-year-old. It's, I spoke to normal, a seven-year-old today who calls his dad out when his dad says he's 5'7", and is like, your driver's license says you're 5'6". Oh, when you have to lie <laughs> to say that you're 5'7", buddy. Tragic. I'm 5'7", incidentally. But for real. Really? Because your driver's license says you're 5'6". <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually 5'7 like, yeah, and a no. half, but I'm never going to tell people that. Because if you include so, the half, then you're a loser. That was another feels, thing though. that this man did talking to me today was he literally said he was 5'6 and a half. And his kid did not call him out on you that round one, down. but he did You say have it. to round down. It's the only way that's fair to everyone. That, otherwise, it makes you sound That is actually <laughs> what his kid did. His kid rounded him down to me in conversation, and he corrected the kid. And I, <laughs> The kid's right anyway, um, hilarious. Anyway, that is another thing I'll say for this movie. It's not necessarily like... I think it's I think it's intentional. It's a misdirection. I already talked about how I loved this and the whole like taking care of people who have experienced trauma versus being um, afraid of them and misrecognizing right. like um, cries for help and shit. Um, I think that it's not necessarily a negative or a, a point against this movie because of the characters who express the opinions. Um, but I always hate the whole like character who's been traumatized has the like IQ or is mentally like yeah. a child's age. It's such a yeah. weird way of contextualizing adults who are going through specific mental yeah. like distress mm-hmm. as being childlike. And it's like they aren't children, though. No, I understand why you're still... making that connection. Yeah. But you cannot treat them the way that you treat a child. And to tell people to do that leads to some really uncomfortable, like, in real life situations. Also, also, I didn't get the impression that Alex wasn't capable of grasping any of the concepts he was presented with. He was playing dumb for the cops, right? I think he was just scared. I think absolutely, he was definitely just terrified of absolutely everything that happens in this movie, right? But. 
he was being triggered, like actually Non-stop. triggered. Yeah. Constantly. When Loki like brushes his head and he's like, please don't touch yeah. me. And he like I, won't like, let him see. He down. is capable. He's mm-hmm. he's he's literally like yeah, he's being put in situations where for anyone mental cognition would be difficult yeah. because that's the whole purpose of interrogations right. like yeah. that. But for him specifically with his history, it was causing him to shut down completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he got tackled to the ground by Keller and was away from Holly, who was the one running the show, he tried to let him know he tr- you know, yeah, he was just it like, seemed they like were happy he was until I left. To just... With the implication being where they are, you know, and yeah, I, th- I think he absolutely remembers um, and has experienced throughout his life just how fucked up absolutely. Holly is, um, and has consistently been like physically and mentally abused, and he lives in fear of yeah. that. And He's trying I to think... figure out a way to say things without it being apparent to Holly, should her, she manage to get her hands on him again, that he's the reason yeah. people were suspicious well, of that's her. that's why he lives in the RV, yeah. right? It's to he... get a little distance between him and her, and he's always parking it in front of the old house that he got abducted from. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, like, he was probably instilled with a fear and distrust of cops oh, as sure. well, mm-hmm. um, and authority figures, but I think... Like a really telling scene of just his fear of her is um, when Detective Loki is at their house talking to both of them after Keller like attacks him in the parking lot. Um, And Loki's like, can I talk to Alex alone? And Holly, and this is probably like one of the biggest times when Holly is in like the most vulnerable Mm -hmm. position of being found out. And Holly's like, okay, yeah. She's like, I'll be in the next room as just kind of a sign of like, I can hear you um, and I know what you're Mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like the terror of that. God, is it's really really well well written. He's a really, that relationship is well written. He's really well written. Um, This is going to make me sound batshit insane. Um, The scene, because he he chokes the dog, right? That's- Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is to me more like well-written trauma because people who experience trauma are, do things that are not rational, yep. and he doesn't know how to regulate emotions because he he's not been in a safe place for a long, long time. Yeah. And he's um, got no outlet and for I, anything at all. No, oh he has no context for it. He has nothing. Um, and so even like people. People talking about his character on Tumblr will mention like, oh, yeah, he did this terrible thing, but he's still baby girl to me. And it's like, yeah, he he's literally like that is part of why he's like someone like he's baby girl. No, like why? (laughs) Yeah, literally, like why you should sympathize for him and stuff is because this is another symptom, another sign and another reason that people who experience trauma get pushed to the wayside is because they do things that we don't like. And we use mm-hmm. that as an excuse to not work with them and get them to a better place. Yeah. And I know that I'm personally guilty of that for sure. But like, it's just, it's really well done in that specific regard. And again, it's my favorite. It's my favorite fucking part of the movie that our two main suspects who display the telltale signs of things that we as a society like 
really want to push under the rug and dismiss as being this one thing that we don't talk about. And then they're like, mm -hmm. no, these are people who are deeply traumatized and mm -hmm. should be like helped. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I really, really, Absolutely. really liked that part of this movie. Can I talk about my, perhaps one of my favorite things about this movie that relates to Please. that scene? Yes. To the um, dog choking scene you're saying? So, okay. yes, to the dog choking scene. Um, but I'm not specifically going to talk about sure. this scene. My favorite thing about this movie was not the dog okay. choking. Um, <laughs> what? So <laughs> there's a scene in this movie that happens after that mm -hmm. scene, um, maybe like 10 minutes later or something, where Keller, probably longer than 10 minutes, but um, Keller is at home. He's trying to sleep and he has a dream where his daughter visits him saying that they found her whistle. Mm -hmm. Um and, like, obviously, he, for the audience, we haven't specified this, um, daughter lost her kind of emergency whistle a long time ago. No one knows where it is. I feel um, like it was implied the, her dad took it away because she was being annoying. I with believe it. that's what's indicated, yeah. But, like, he also very genuinely seems to be like, where did you find mm. it? And talk, like, they were talking to Loki about how she lost yeah. the whistle. Um and so I think, like, the implication was um, the other family thought he might have taken it away for that reason. And he jokingly was like, ah, mm. but, um, but her visiting, even though, like, he doesn't know where the whistle is, or at least, at the very least, hasn't, there's been no scene where he, like, went to the whistle hiding spot and realized right. it was gone. Um, so, okay, thereby they found yeah. it. Um and the the beauty of how they tell you he knows or found out that she found the whistle is um, your brain is really good at noticing things that you don't consciously notice. Um, so there are times in real life where people are constantly like, oh, I just, I had a really bad feeling about this situation. So I got mm -hmm. out of there and then later realized like this this bad event was like happened at this place that I was at. Um, or people in the wilderness, you'll also hear like people getting uncomfortable in certain parts of the wilderness. So they'll leave and people will tell you like, Oh, your brain is really good at noticing things. There could have been like a cougar or something that your brain picked up on, but you didn't consciously see. And so your brain was giving you this panicked kind of like, um, feeling to get you out of there. Um, and in that scene where he goes to kidnap Alex is the only time he was at that house before um, this dream happened. And so this dream is telling you while he was kidnapping Alex, his brain picked up on hearing yeah. the whistle. Um, and just like all of that is so it good. Is. <laughs> and so I like good. it a yeah. lot. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Like that a lot. I like that it's a lot. It's so a lot. good. It's so good. I think I love this it. might be one of those movies that while we've been talking, my number rating has gone up a little bit. To a nine. No, to an eight. But <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so That's I guess okay. I could throw away our we nine squad merch that I had made. We've <laughs> <laughs> had to throw away so much nine squad merch over the course of this podcast. 
Some yeah. of it was preemptive buying when it was only me, but you know. <laughs> they had a great deal on nine related yeah. shirts, and no, I we're really on just it. waiting for a great deal on thirteen related shirts, and then we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I keep buying four nine related shirts because, you know. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Four. Nine plus fours. What? Say it together, everyone. <laughs> An additional reference to the number 13. <laughs> okay. Um... Um, <laughs> one more thing I yeah. want to talk about. Okay. Um, when I saw this movie back in college with friends, one thing that really freaked out one of my friends was how sparse the music mm. is in this movie and how they just allow scenes to be musicless and creepy yeah. and just really tense. Um, and rewatching that, we were watching it specifically this time, remembering that memory. I was like, I want to pay attention because normally I'm very bad at noticing music and movies. We've talked oh, about yeah. this before, but I was like, I want to really pay attention to when the music is mo used in this movie and how infrequent mm -hmm. it is. And a lot of this movie does not have music. Yeah, <laughs> absolute ton of it. Completely silent except for what's happening in the scene. And I feel like it adds a lot to the unnerving atmosphere. Well, and like, even um, when it's there half the time, it's just like one big low note sustaining for yeah. a little while. Or it's like it's there, but it's like very slow paced and quiet and drowny. Like, so like even when it's there, it's barely there most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just really mm -hmm. good. <laughs> it is. I really enjoyed the sound design in this movie. Just in general. Yeah, a lot of good noises. Good noises. Good a lot noises. Of, a lot of bad noises, too. <laughs> Anybody want to hear some good noises coming out of my mouth about Noah's notes? I... Not, am not the way you said it like that. It's an odd <laughs> way to introduce it, but I'm ready for Noah's notes. <laughs> Okay, I, cool. I haven't been this excited for a Noah's Notes segment. There's some in a long really time. good ones in here. Okay, okay, firstly, before Nina says any stupid shit about my notes, <laughs> the first five notes, maybe six notes, were all taken really, really quickly. Okay, and yes. Three of them are unfair. Oh, sure. Yes. Sure. That is important. Um, Noah says, um, I'm going to read those actually, just to harp on them. Noah says, classic dark crime thriller opening with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's like not. Uh, it's actually the Elrod's prayer. It's the Elrod's prayer. Yeah. He, spe he spelt it wrong. But I don't think that's necessarily specifically a cliche but we are about to watch seven and if there's one thing i know about seven it's a, it's about the seven deadly sins yeah. uh actually it's about morgan freeman being really cool and kevin spacey being really <laughs> weird i thought and, it was and about Brad Pitt being along for the yeah. ride and noah says um this is a weird thing to say but that car interior looks like really really real that that is an interesting yeah. thing to say but it is like it's, the set design is correct, good. honestly all the car interiors you could tell were real cars yeah. old cars look realer than new cars i'm brave and i'm that's, saying it so true. these are all pretty <laughs> decent notes and then he just has one unfinished one that i'm, I'm gonna read out loud because i want to know where it was going it says i'm wondering if these <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my initial thought, watching them drive through with their dead deer in the back of his remodeling truck, my thing was going to say, 
I wonder if these guys are like the white trash family everyone in the neighborhood hates. Ah. But they are not, obviously. But also, the note above this is, love that remodeled garage wall, the creeper camper. There's something about that that just <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that means. So there is, <laughs> as the camper drives through the neighborhood... There is a garage door that a garage that has been remodeled into like a living room and you can see it because the door is there's a wall there now and it's just like garage door shaped. But I didn't write it properly. No, he did not. Also, the next note is I love this family dynamic. It's also unfinished, but at oh, least looks like yeah, a normal note. Yeah, it looks note. finished. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if these is just very funny. Um, Noah says... Um, Oh, actually, no, the hunting line, actually. I don't know. I was going to not read that one, but go ahead. No, I love when they're walking along and uh, she's like, so you went hunting? He's like, yeah, dad says it's good for the environment because the deer have too many babies and then the deer will all starve. And that's actually true. Okay, so that is (laughs) true. And here's how, so I do want to point this out. Um, So there are these islands off the coast of uh, Washington um, called Salmon Islands, and the big one, Salmon Island, um, has the deer have no natural predators, um, mm. except for when they're fawns, maybe foxes or eagles, right? I've seen, and then humans in their cars. Literally, other than that, no natural predators. Huh. There are no bears or wolves or shit on this island. I went to an art class with one of my mom's friends teaching it. She showed up like, she and the other people in the class who lived on the island showed up an hour late because a herd of inbred deer were just standing in the fucking road and they could not get to the class. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, it is true and real. It happens. Um, and it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Noah says... Um, Honestly, he was almost unrecognizable from some of the other roles I've seen him in. Again, we just watched a bunch of the X-Men movies. He looks a lot gruffer, which, since he's high-key a prepper, works for me. Yeah, Yeah, Logan is supposed to be, like, this kind of gruff man, but he's incredibly well-groomed. He keeps his hair so quaffed. So, like, going from... he's still Hugh Jackman. Going from Mr. Gels My Hair into points (laughs) to this guy is... um, yeah. yeah. Also, it's his facial hair. The like, facial hair is so is yeah. so cis het Republican. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So like just yeah. somebody's dad. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's someone who does not know or care how to actually style his facial yeah. hair. Um, or someone who's hair. going for the. Uh, yep. Noah says Jason. Jason. <laughs> Because in that whole scene, Jason, Jason, <laughs> Sean, Sean. Um, for those who don't know, we're quoting Heavy Rain, a video game where you can press X to call for your missing child, and it just recycles the fucking voice line over and over again. Um, and that is exactly what that scene felt like, where they were calling for the kids. I was also thinking of Heavy Rain. Um, God, I love Heavy Rain. Noah says. Is this diner scene the Paul Dano jump scare that Nina had? So I texted the group <laughs> chat uh, very early on in my viewing of this movie, just in um, all caps. I said the Riddler, um, <laughs> uh, but 
that was not the scene. No, it was actually the uh, Detective Loki introduction scene. Um, so a few notes later, Noah says in all caps, there he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Noah says, um, I'm trying to remember who Hugh's kid is. I know I've seen him and stuff. And then the oh, direct yeah. next note is, oh, he's a 13 Reasons Why kid. Oh, is he? True. He plays Clay in 13 Reasons Why. Additional, <laughs> additional, additional reference to the Oh my god. Noah says, Detective fucking Loki, what a fucking weirdo name. Okay, that is another beef that I have with this movie, is that it's just like the cringe ass name of all time. Um, It's so, this is my special, like, boy OC. His name is Loki, but he's like super, like, a good cop. Um, Apparently, it's like a reference to a particular Norse myth where Loki like has to work really hard to try and protect a child, even though a couple of other gods have already like tried and given up. That makes sense. I, I think guess. it's it reads very high school. Like it. T- this is this is because I did this. This is because all of my no- naming conventions before the past like five years were like this, and I I intentionally stopped doing it because it's so cringe. Um, it's so high school fanfic. It's so like I'm coming up with my self insert character and I want them to be super cool and meaningful. And so I'm going to give them a name like fucking David Loki. David Wayne um, Loki. Yeah, apparently like a yeah. lot, a lot, a lot of the names and stuff in this movie are references to things. Like I guess the, the they one They have building... to be with a name like Keller Dover. So Keller is the German word for seller. It's a reference to the way that he has all his like doomsday prepping stuff down in his basement, and then he himself. Okay, gets I actually don't want to hear any of this because it's it's J.K. Rowling levels. A little of bit. Cringe. Most I of it's most it. of it's not like that. Like the one building being on Campello Street is a reference to an area that's near like just where the uh, the writer used to live in Boston. So okay. like some of it's just like references to like the normal stuff. kind of references. Yeah. Noah says. Um, Noah says, hey, PA mention, hometown hey. boys, woo, heartwarming, <laughs> this child kidnapper is from Pennsylvania, Ooh. I live there. <laughs> <laughs> Noah says, um, what area is this movie actually set in might not be PA. This is me watching a movie that's set in Washington. This is actually me watching Twilight. Eh. Um, I'm like, that is not fucking Forks. You can't tell me that's fucking oh, Forks. forks fuck you. Place. Or anywhere near Forks. Yes. No. yes. I thought they made that up. <laughs> no, nope. it's real. Um, Massive Washington And L. it's like, if I were to compare Forks to a place you were familiar sure. with, I would say that Forks is to where I grew up as Corey is to here. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> the Cullens are from Corey? That's so... so oh the way God. that... Well, the Cullens are from uh, all around. But, yes, but she decided to, to set... She decided to set her romance in Forks, Washington. Anyway, okay. Noah, Noah says... Um, <laughs> Noah says, "Okay, dumbass, now you're trapped in his molester basement. Good work." <laughs> yeah, that's when uh, that's when Loki just jumped right into the basement with no stairs. He does. Yeah, he sees that there's no stairs, and he just jumps down once again. I said I wasn't going to talk about this anymore, but he dumb. Oh my god. Um, Noah says, "Oh my god, Chekhov's jingles, jingle bells." 
Um, yeah, the, they, jing, the Jingle Bells Checkout's thing jingle being bells. coming back is actually another thing that was kind of cringy. Um, but I'll, I, I say cringe. I don't mean necessarily that, that it's a negative, just that it actually made me cringe. Um, it's not a bad thing that they decided to do it, but I was like, Ugh. in the three hour torture cut, um, Terrence Howard's character does actually decide to cover Bruce Springsteen. So the kids are singing born to run instead. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Noah says, um, Noah says, massive LOL at Keller's kids for talking about renting out this property. <laughs> the place is borderline condemned. It yeah, he's right. Safe. It would take. Mm-hmm. He literally is right. It would take a small fortune to restore this place. It's in yeah. the kind of he's state. Like, Why don't you just rent out Grandpa's old place, dumbass? It's, what do you? It's think? like it's in the kind of state where it looks like borderline, like it would make more sense to knock it down and build something else. Like it's almost that bad. Um, Noah says. <laughs> I can't read that on the podcast. Um, oh. I almost doxed oh. Noah. So, um, yeah, it's literally just a doxing Noah. Noah. Wow. Can you can you put a screenshot of it in the chat? We won't share it with anyone. <laughs> we won't tell anybody. No leaks on Noah this podcast. Noah says, um, okay, sorry, I'll stop scrolling. That's us. <laughs> Noah just took a selfie. Um, Noah says... Bob being a red herring is pretty great, though. That's a decent fake out. I disagree. By the time that we get to Bob, I already knew who the killer, like, who the person was. Um, I think by that point, it was just a little too obvious to me personally. I think I had picked up on a couple things where I was like, it's absolutely this woman. Like, she is, this is just 100% it's her. Um, I think it might just be that I... I don't know. I pick. I picked up pretty quickly on the fact that Bob was a fellow victim, um, Bob especially was since pretty it, clearly like, not the guy. Like, yeah, I love his presence. Um, and then, the, and then it was the fact that there were a lot of lines dropped about how this had been going on for a long time, and that there were two young men near the same age who were both suspects. Mm. I that was the I like it had clicked really hard at that point that she was a hundred percent the person doing it. Um, so, mm. uh, but that was for me anyway. Noah says. Oh, and also the fact the fact that she's like, oh, my husband disappeared. And then like this man who confessed to killing a bunch of children is like a five-year-old corpse in a basement. Yeah. And she's like, oh, he disappeared five years ago. And I'm like, that guy looks like he's been dead about five years. Um, <laughs> Noah says, um, oh, this is, yeah, this is all just a bunch of stuff being like, Loki, put two and two together. I'm literally fucking begging you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Noah says, if the twist is that Keller did it while having, like, some sort of episode, I'm going to be bummed out. Oh, yeah. For the last, like, 30 minutes of the movie, I took three notes. (laughs) Sorry. So then there's, like, a huge gap in time, I assume. And Noah says, well, I'm glad Keller wasn't the secret killer. So those are back to back (laughs) in the notes. But there's clearly, like, an hour of time. My first watch of the movie, I took five whole lines of notes. My second watch of the movie, I took eight lines of notes, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. And then this is stuff that I wrote afterward. And this is just the one page. I was, every time I've watched this movie, I've been so like focused on it that I haven't been able to take notes. I took four pages. This is the most notes I've taken Damn. in a while. I'm very pleased. It's the longest Noah's movie. Last in a while. Okay, they're train of, con- they're like, just you take very, you take your notes very, very differently from paper. how I take my notes. Yeah, that's. Noah says, and this is his last note, and I'm reading it out loud because it baffles me. Um, I like this well enough. Reminds me of Tall Man, but actually good. 
I wouldn't make that comparison at all, but okay. Okay, 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 okay. Here's the thing. It is bad. I wrote than Tall that Man. note. You, you got that right. I looked up the plot of Tall Man and I'm like, oh, never mind. It's not actually like Tall Man at <laughs> oh, all. Okay. But then <laughs> But then my alarm went off and I had to go get my chicken out of the right, oven. Of course. And That's then Nina so came home and we ate food and I never finished that. That's Another note. That's so I funny. <laughs> never that finished. is so funny because I was like, that literally doesn't make sense. I'm glad that you know. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, that's been Noah's nice. notes. Good, good notes. I there are good really good ones in here. Yeah, I like it. I uh, like it so, final thoughts. Good, good movie. movie. Good movie. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'd like to draw attention just real quickly to the fact that the 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 intro parts, the like the earliest scenes of this movie, are so dense with little things. It's such such good opening scenes. I love that the, the mm-hmm. first introduction to I can't think of what her name is the daughter who gets abducted our yeah. first introduction to her is she walks out the door with her mom her mom has to go back inside for a second and she says don't keep going wait for me to come back out and the the kid just keeps walking mm-hmm. yeah. so immediately God, you're she already goes for thinking the car and oh this kid's on gonna it. have something bad happen because she doesn't listen to her parents and then over the next couple of uh little bits that we get it's just more of her not listening to things that her parents are saying. So by the time they tell her, make sure you've got your older siblings with you when you walk down the street to our house, you already know she's not going to listen. Oh, yeah. One thing I really loved about Mm. that scene, and it's like such a small note in my brain that I forgot about it, so I'm really glad you're bringing this up. When I watched that scene this time, and the kids ask, like, oh, can we go and... The parents tell them yes, and then the parents start making, like, a bunch of noise, and one of them calls out, like, only if you bring your brother and sister. Mm. Um, But it's while all that noise is happening, and the kids are walking away, and I was like, if I was a kid, I absolutely would not have heard that either. Um, And I thought that was, like, a great little detail of, it's not so much the kids being, like, willfully ignoring that it's just the kids did not hear them because the parents were like distracted and called that out as an afterthought yeah just a lot of really really well done stuff also like the you know the foreshadowing of all the the stuff that gets mentioned in the early parts that ends up being like directly connected to the wrap-up at the end fantastic all just Mm -hmm. really well done the movie directs your attention in all the right ways love it yeah also to Nina's point, as you were reading the notes and you were talking about kind of figuring out like who did it pretty early on, um, as we mentioned earlier, like as you're watching a movie and you're knowing other people are watching it and mm. judging it, like you become hyper aware of it <laughs> and a bit more nervous. I feel like I do this on a lot of mystery movies. Um, I did this on like Glass Onion as well, where when you're watching it, again you're kind of picking up on all the hints and stuff and you're like you're like fuck other people are gonna see all these things and make the connection so easily and they're gonna think i'm really dumb for like not (laughs) for not realizing it until like the end um and i definitely had that while i was watching this movie i was like how was it when i first watched this movie i didn't pick up on all of these clues they were laying out there um that it was holly and i was like i feel like 
Nina, Noah, and Jeff are totally going to pick up on it and think that I'm dumb for recommending this movie. No, personally, here's the thing, though. Um, out here recommending um, why Sherlock is trash and you shouldn't like it, um, or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, um, by H. Bomber Guy. Um, in that video essay, he brings up how a good mystery, you sh- if you figure it out ahead of time, you should feel rewarded for that. You should, like, it should not ruin your experience that you figured it out and furthermore it's a sign of a good mystery um obviously there's a balance if you can figure it out ahead of time right like Mm -hmm. the the whole point i've seen a lot of authors like a lot of authors one child's author that i read when i was younger who did this and pissed me off to no end we've all figured out in the forums what the plot twist of the trilogy was going to be they saw that we figured it out in the forums and they changed the ending because they were like oh the kids can't have figured it out we have to have a more twisty twist um but um like there's a balance but it is like a good thing when you can figure out the mystery ahead of time because that means it's like it's possible that the detective like it's believable that the detective would have figured it out too um Mm -hmm. Which is why it's even more frustrating that Loki just stumbles into shit because he does have a lot of the information. Yeah, um, the audience can figure we it have out faster than he does so so easily. <laughs> um, but he also doesn't know that he's in a in a movie. I think a good part of why I was able to figure it out is because I know I'm watching a movie and I know that the story is going to have a satisfying conclusion and I know how to recognize yeah. themes. So when I kind of see like where things are going, I'm like, oh, given the way that Alex and Bob are framed, I can kind of tell where things are going better than I would be mm-hmm. as like a, per- a character in the situation. There, but right? um, yeah, no, I once my friend whose wedding I'm going to showed me an anime um, that is all predicated on this huge world ending twist near the end of the series and like in the first episode I had turned to her and I was like why don't they just do this and she was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> because that apparently what? that's like the last episode twist what anime it was it? Madoka Magica oh okay um yeah. and I can text you what I told her um yeah <laughs> but it it was it was literally the end of the of the show um I still watch the whole thing and I love it, but, um, and, Mm -hmm. and that just goes to my point is that sometimes knowing where things are going is not a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you all so much for watching and listening to us, uh, talk about prisoners. Uh, what's up next? We got seven, seven, in. Seven, the, uh, what is Seven it, 95? Up. I think so. Uh, crime thriller with uh, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and Kevin Spacey. Ew. So immediate <laughs> content warning. We got Kevin Spacey. Which, yeah. uh, you know, Kevin Spacey pisses me off because I love Kevin Spacey as an He's actor. He's good, yeah. His characters are so good. And I wish that he wasn't actually such an awful like, person. Like legit horrible. Because... Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of separating art from artists that I can do for some people. Spacey's a tough one, man. Mm. Yeah, like it's hard. It's speaking of movies that I love that Kevin Spacey's in that make it hard to love it. Um, on top of like having one like terrible person in a movie is one thing, but Baby Driver, so hurt, such a fucking good movie. But then like after it comes out. Kevin Spacey and Ansel what's his name? Al Gore. An- 
both and, turn and out to be pieces of shit. John Hamm isn't a great guy either. Is yeah. he not? No. I did not know that. He had some really shitty like frat like initiation shit oh. that he got mm. kicked out of a school for. I mean, and like, not to pass that stuff. off. Not to pass that off. I will look into it, and I believe you. Um, God, dude, yeah. I love Baby Driver. Baby so Driver much. gets an automatic movie. pass, though, Luckily, because Baby Driver is really good. <laughs> I love Baby Driver, and I will never. I will still continue to recommend it to people with the caveats. Um, luckily, Annihilation exists, so I don't have to make it my whole personality. Mm. But seven. <laughs> All right, we got seven, seven. next awesome. uh, next episode. Content warnings include Kevin Spacey and seven deadly sin themed murders. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited oh, yeah. about that. I've never, I've never watched <laughs> oh. Seven. All I know about it is what's in the box. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, I know. The, okay. Do you I know what's in the box, or do you just know the line? I imagine a head, but I don't know for sure. It's actually um, a wiener, but. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, well, unless you watch the, the three-hour torture cut, in which case <laughs> it's actually but Paul Dano. It's Paul Dano in the box. Yeah, I didn't even know that it was about the seven deadly sins, or it had those themes. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm a very, very religiously themed. Movie. That is the only thing I knew about it outside of the "What's in the Box" thing. Um, I also only knew what's in the box from audio cues. I did not know that was Brad Pitt saying that. Uh-huh. Um, you would never guess. <laughs> He's over here with his what's in the, the box. Anyway, um, with that in mind, I've I've been one of your hosts, Nina. Uh, that's Nina Wolverina on Twitter. Nina Wolverina. Um, it's Nina Wolverina with the three where the E is on Tumblr. I'm also on Blue Sky and Instagram and Twitch at Nina Wolverina. I do art. I write books. I also am writing something else that I can't talk about yet, but I know I'll talk about it on here. So he he he. I'm Noah. You can find me as Bubba the Bad B. Twitch, Twitter, Insta, Blue Ski, Letterboxd. We, we got the whole nine yards around here. Nice, I'd be posting nice, on nice. Tumblr and Blueski more. Really committed to still calling it Blueski, huh? It's much better. I like that it. Way. Okay. I All like right. it. Blue yeah. Sky is two distinct words. Blueski is Brewski, and it's a the social <laughs> platform for the boys. Oh, no. B-O-I-Z. <laughs> Everyone's invited. Oh, all right. <laughs> There's a lot going wow. on here. All right. Yeah, uh, I've been Jeff. You can find me on Letterboxd at the Fakest Fan on Tumblr at What Is It You Pray For. And that's it for the moment. Nice. Uh, and I'm Emma, also known as Emma Panada. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Emma Panada. I'm also writing a TTRPG called All the Witches. You can find information about that at All the Witches underscore on Twitter or over on Blue Sky at All the Witches because that's where we're posting Ooh. more often and. Specifically where we're posting art and stuff, because we're not posting that on Twitter anymore. Right, yep. Um, yeah, but uh, we also have the podcast Tumblr that we promise we're going to post on I've been posting. I've been posting. I've been posting. Hey, hell yeah. I posted last episode. Nice. And it so was go... a pro-1408 post. Damn, I got to get on these. I messaged like, to 1408 posts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so go follow us there. And thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.
gonna make Jeff pass out. I'll tell you what, I I switched my audio analyzer from uh, the usual thing to a spectrogram today, and that looked really cool on a spectrogram. Wow, that was incredibly long. 